Batman. The critics call it spectacular, says Gannett Newspapers. Gene Shalit says Jack Nicholson is colossal. CBS TV says it's a terrific time at the movies. And Rolling Stone magazine declares it a triumph. You can't take your eyes off it. Who are you? Batman could be the movie of the decade. Ready PG-13. Now playing. Welcome to another episode of Reconsidimation. I am John Diner. And I'm David Munchak. And I'm Brent Hutchins. And this is the podcast that takes a look back at some of our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And we have yet another special returning guest. I'm so excited. Joe Seta, welcome back to the show. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Can't even hey. tell you. Hey. Welcome. Glad to have you. Oh, You're coming back from... for a big one. A big one. I... I, I'm ready to do it. I got notes. I got I got stacks of material. Oh boy! Oh, We're boy. finally doing it. Land before time. Let's go. Here we go. <laughs> We're doing all seven Land Before Time movies oh. right in a row. <laughs> I've been up for like the last forty hours in a row, <laughs> just been watching <laughs> cartoons around the clock. <laughs> So the the last time you joined us on the show, we were talking about one of your favorite films, Teen Wolf. Yes, that was. Oh, that oh, was we're going right back into Teen Wolf. So, so here's oh. the thing about Scott Howard. He wouldn't <laughs> no, have made a, a good Robin, uh, but he might not have been a bad Nightwing. I think that's true. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. But that, that was a great episode, and, and we had so much fun there. We, uh, you joined us again for our 100th episode, Spectacular, where we looked at Kurt Russell's whole career. And uh, here we are again. We are going to talk about one of the biggest movies of our childhood, really, 1989's Batman. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Ooh, from Warner Brothers. From Warner Brothers. Warner you got Brothers. It. You got slash it. DC. Oh, Batman starring Michael Keaton and Kim Basinger. <clears throat> Adam West. Oh no, wrong. Got it. We didn't get the. We didn't get the. Uh, the, the that's a disappointing thing. We didn't get the Adam West can uh you know cameo in this one. Yeah, we should have had it. I don't know why he didn't cameo in any of those movies. You know, they're trying to move on. It was a, it was a it was a darker it was a darker Batman. Not they as dark as he tied finally got. Past. Yeah, they weren't but, uh, cheeky yeah. back then. They weren't Even, cheeky. Like, I would say Adam West was probably in about similar physical shape to Michael Keaton. I don't think Keaton was like an overly jacked dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. could have worked. He was, he was slight. Yeah, <laughs> slight. Uh, <laughs> before yeah. before we dive into the movie, though, just a quick announcement. Everybody listening, stay tuned uh, for a special announcement about the show and the status of the show uh, at the end oh. of the episode. So just stay tuned for that. Don't oh, gosh, the cliffhanger. Like, Don't yeah, no, it's keeping everybody waiting. So but, uh, anyway, let's get back to the year 1989. And probably we were just talking about this off air, but this has got to be the biggest release uh, of our youth, right? We came in yeah. kind of just after Star Wars hit. So the release of Batman was was enormous. It, it had such an enormous cultural impact and just on all of our lives as kids. You guys, uh, how, how well do you remember that? Uh, real quick, just, yeah, I remember it big time. And I, you know, I remember the Batman. My, my familiarity from Batman was almost exclusively the Adam West show. Um, so 
Uh, I mean, I knew, and also, you know, you know who Batman is from comic books. Like, of course, I know that, but I wasn't reading comics. Um, and I remember this movie coming out, MTV playing the Prince video and all that stuff, and just the just uh, the, the 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 posters, the ads, the the trailers, all that stuff. It was just a bombardment, and I was just so psyched to see Batman. And I didn't even know why. I just think this was the greatest thing that's ever coming. Like <laughs> that perfect yellow logo with the bat symbol. Simple. Um, it's so simple and just gives you everything you need. So yeah, I mean, I was I was I was ready to go, but I, at the time it was just a movie. You know, um, I was not the. I knew who Bruce Wayne was. I knew all these things. The show taught me everything, but the movie propelled me to the next level. <laughs> Oh my God, that's right. intense. How do, I don't even know how to follow that up. I will agree uh, that it was definitely the uh, summer movie spectacle uh, probably of, of my lifetime up to, that, up to that point. I mean, that wasn't a sequel to Star Wars or to Back to the Future or, you know, whatever. But yeah, this thing was huge when it was about to get released. You know, I mean, the, the hype surrounding this movie was pretty pretty incredible. I also was, you know, Mostly familiar with the TV show, which I absolutely loved as a kid. Um, and, you know, realized that this was not going to have any kind of similarity to that at all with Jack Nicholson involved and Michael Keaton. You know, this was a much different look. Tim Burton's Batman was very different than what the TV show was going to be, but I was excited for it. And uh, yeah, uh, I had read a little bit of the comic books at this point. Like I just started getting into comic books, but. Uh, this was kind of this was kind of the first big swing uh, at Batman for me as well. Yeah, I um I didn't really have a, a lot of associations with Batman or with comic books much at all at this point. I, Scran didn't have a comic book store until what into the '90s, as I recall. Some of the suburbs did, but like nothing right there. So I had to get comic books at grocery stores or just wherever, and I so I grab single issues of stuff. But I had no real familiarity, and then, except for the old Adam West show. But again, it was such a goofy, you know, silly thing that it didn't connect me to a character. But but again, it came at just the right time for me. So because there aren't giant, you know, movies aimed at like ten year olds from nineteen eighty eight, that like I remember seeing Beetlejuice in theaters, and then I remember the Batman trailer, and the Batman trailer was so incredible and so different and so dark, and like it just stuck with me in such a like visceral way that that the when batman opened this was just a huge deal to me even though like last crusade had just come out like it come out a couple weeks earlier and you would think and last crusade is great and you're like that would have become this thing but i were just i distinctly remember all i was doing was waiting for batman to come out yeah it was it was it was just huge and it was everywhere and we're going to talk about the marketing of the movie, the impact of that, the impact of the movie itself uh, of propelling the superhero movie forward and, and how to really like make a blueprint for that. And the making of the movie and where Batman is in the whole history of, of the Batman franchise. And of course, there's been so many movies and now there's a new movie coming out. The what? Batman, right? The Batman. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's that starring? The Batman? The the vampire guy. The vampire guy? Vampire cool. guy. Well, I like that oh, guy. Gary Oldman's playing Batman? <laughs> he is. Yeah, it's he is too old. Come Tom, on. Tom Cruise is Robin. It's crazy. Oh. <laughs> Interview with the Batman. It's Tom <laughs> yeah. Cruise is Batman. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and that one that one looks pretty gritty, man. Pretty gritty yeah. and pretty dark for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, so many versions have they've gone up and down of of being dark, being light, being campy, being you know very serious. And uh, of course, with that coming out, we thought it was perfect timing to talk about this, even though many followers of the show would know that we covered Batman Returns before we covered Batman Mm -hmm. back in year one, uh, which you can dig out in the archives at www.reconsideration.com. Also, we talked about Batman a little bit in our coverage of the summer of 89 and the crowded year that that was. So here we are back finally covering the, I guess, first of the Batman movies. Unconventional. Yes, that's us. Yeah. Now, I'm excited around. for Batman 66 next year. Yeah. <laughs> a great episode. We'll do we'll do Batman and Robin, then 66, then Batman Forever. Nice. You know, <laughs> but uh yeah, God, 1989 was such a crowded year for film and, and not just the summer, the entire year itself. There were so many big movies, uh, which which we discussed back in that episode. But this was kind of the I don't know, to me, this was like this was the number one. This was the biggest one. Probably Last Crusade and Back to the Future 2 would be maybe right behind it. But for me, at least, this was this was the big movie of that year. You got how do you how do you guys feel about where do you think it was one, two, three for you guys that year? Uh, <laughs> I mean, Batman. Well, I remember Last Crusade. I remember just loving that. Let's the leave that in. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, yeah. just, uh, I, don't know. I want to make sure we leave that. I realized that. I went to the movies a lot this year. That year, Batman, Crus- Last Crusade, Honey, You Shrunk the Kids. I saw that shit. Who? Look who's talking. Ghostbusters two. Saw that. Parenthood. Somehow I was dragged to that. I, I loved it. Back to the Future two. Uh, Uncle Buck. I might have seen. This was a big year for me. The Abyss came out that year. Oh my I god, think it was oh, a huge Abyss. year for everybody. Like, yeah, I mean, we, every single one of those movies you mentioned, I definitely also saw. Christmas Vacation. I mean, I, talked I, about I've never seen part. Parenthood <laughs> to this. Never. Yeah, is it good? I, I've never seen it. Oh, I never have. I don't know. Oh, it's that's really, a whole podcast it's, onto itself. That's oh. a, it's a good one. The, oh, the yeah, the, the the hood cast. You know, it's a it's a podcast dedicated just to that movie. <laughs> just to the, just to Parenthood. Yeah. Is that the, the big reveal the at the end of this episode? We're starting our Parenthood. We're starting podcast. Yeah. We're the hood cast. We're gonna do. We're gonna break that movie down. Each episode looks at one minute of the movie. The yes. Parenthood minute. Yeah, there you go. Oh, fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, this, this and Indiana Jones were, that's where, that's where I got excited that year. Uh, yeah. well, with Ghostbusters too, but less so I had, I had my cartoon, the cartoon held me over, you know? So it was exciting to see Ghostbusters two again, but boy, Batman, right. Uh, and, and then Indiana Jones, these were, these were iconic heroic characters for, you know, a nine-year-old kid like that, that this is, it doesn't get better than that in one summer. Right. Well, I mean, and that's a good point. Like the comic book aspect of it. Right. I mean, up until this point, like comic book movies were not obviously what they are now where every month and a half, a new one comes out. Prior to this, the biggest thing that was happening was Superman. And when was the last really good Superman movie leading into, into this movie? 1980. Yeah, what was it? Don't make me bring up Superman three again hey, on the no, show. No, I Listen, love Superman three. Superman three <laughs> is good. rad. Are you kidding? It's, yeah, it's insane, but it yeah. is. Yeah, it's a Richard Pryor. It's movie. Richard Pryor. Yeah. It's you can't you right. can't beat that. And that Superman weird... appears in a Richard Pryor movie. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So no hate for Superman three, but but as far as a strong comic book 
representation on film you know probably it's been a, not. It been a while yeah. yeah well before we before we dive into where superman sort of leads into this movie because they're obviously very connected what let's talk about batman as a comic book and a character and the, the 60s show and um the history of batman now david i know you're familiar with with comics probably more than the rest of us can you kind of guide us through a little bit where where Batman stood by this point? I mean, Batman always had this dark, you know, this dark history, you know, but uh, it and and there were darker storylines happening since the 60s show and all that. But, you know, it was there was a lot of camp to it and a lot of fun. But, you know, it was <clears throat> uh, it was probably 80s, 1986. Well, it is 1986. The Dark Knight Returns from Frank Miller that changed basically everything and it changed everything about comics in general um but particularly for the batman character where suddenly now the the darkness was to be embraced because there's there was so much to mine from that and the the and you know that that is an alternate storyline it's not like canon uh as it were but uh you know it's an aging batman who comes out of retirement after a tragic loss of his robin jason todd um and um but he comes out of retirement because there's a criminal element in Gotham City that is continuing to to blossom, and he 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 finds no other choice uh, to 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 kind of don the, the the cape and cowl again. But it was it wasn't just like I gotta fight crime. There was just so much. There was a this dark 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 undertone to everything, and sort of this idea that like you know superman like all the other dc characters exist in this little comic you know but like and superman is sort of a weapon of the government like so superman's out doing stuff and that that leads to a battle with him at the end and that created this horrific thing of like what if batman fought superman for the next 30 years um <laughs> the but the debate continues it continues um, it does so but it, it it made it a real fascinating thing like how does a human guy named you know bruce wayne how does bruce wayne kill bat uh, superman that's not the point of the story, but it's like he saw Gotham becoming overrun and continue because his partly because of his absence, you know. Uh, so, you know, he's he's like this necessary kind of evil of 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 this thing of you know, in ju of justice, uh, I think. So it was presented. It presented Batman in a, a really dark and gritty take that kids really wouldn't read or appreciate the, the any of the context or subtext to it um and then it, it just it exploded so it kind of led to a more mature telling of batman as a crime fighter and you know and probably mirroring a lot of like frank miller and like you know new york city in the 70s and 80s wasn't wasn't, yeah. wasn't really great you know like yeah no it, it definitely mirrored that for sure so I think there was this, I think he was, I think he had said that he had lived in New York at the time that he wrote it and all that. And it was, a, you know, he wasn't in, he was in the rougher parts. So he wanted to create like, like a Gotham city, that criminal, that making it just, just sort of a, uh, uh, an element out of control. So um, this changed how comic readers saw Batman and how writers and artists, you know, depicted superheroes in general. And it kind of bled into where, where this movie kind of, I think, goes. I, I don't think you have Tim Burton's Batman without The Dark Knight Returns. Absolutely. Right? 100%. And, and you know, Batman had been around for like 60 years, 50 years, sorry, at this point. It uh, debuted in May 1939. 
uh, was created, was kind of a co-creation by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Bill Finger, of course, didn't really get credit till much later on. At this point, it was only Bob Kane's name who was on everything, but then was around for so long. And then the 60s TV show came along and completely sort of changed the direction of Batman. And it became this camp comedy kind of figure that was not really what it was intended to be, but that's how mass audiences perceived it. And then that's sort of what people thought of for Batman for 20 years, even though the comics were still had a darker edge and definitely like you were just talking about David through the eighties, there was what, there was the killing joke. There was the killing of, of uh, Jason Todd as Rob, the second Robin and, and then uh, the dark Knight returns, which gave everything such a, uh, such a different darker tone, all of which really kind of led to the creation of this movie. So all the while, while the history of, of Batman is kind of progressing along in the late seventies comes along Superman, the movie, which was another movie. We hopefully one day we'll cover on this show. Um, yes. If I have anything to say about fingers it, crossed. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. And that's, we'll get there. that's like one of the first movies that I ever saw. I mean, we've talked about this before, but Blade Runner is technically the first movie I remember seeing, but Superman, the movie is right right wait a minute wait 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 wait, wait. yep you saw in theaters or you saw at all no at home a... on betamax and see a care bears movie yeah i, I think <laughs> like, i saw like the fox blade runner like i only Hood. i only for the kids show the kid blade runner for christ's sake <laughs> put blade runner on it was uh, it was on the same tape as star wars and for some reason like i always saw the ending of blade runner and then i was just like what is this movie so i rewound it and watched it and like Whoa, like Han Solo's doing some different stuff in that movie. <laughs> Han Solo's crazy. Uh, oh, wait, then the Star Wars would be your number one, your first movie. Well, yeah, they're all they're all right around the it's same. It's all the same thing. Ha- yeah. 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 All all the movies ever. I had on Betamax were all like I watched first all around movie. the same time. So okay. Superman being one of them. That's yeah, excellent. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't beat the uh uh the the Dick Donner, the Dick Donner Superman. No, yeah, it was also one of my favorites as a kid. I think I saw that movie a hundred times, hundred times. Yeah, and 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 that's that's really the movie. I mean, Batman sort of solidifies it, but Superman is the first movie that really, you know, that the first comic book movie. It's the the movie that took things out of the comic books and into mass audiences where families and parents, you know, at that point, like parents didn't read comic books for the most part. That was comics were considered strictly a kids thing. So now you've got families going to see it. And that was an enormous movie directed by Richard Donner, who we lost last year and we've spoken about a couple of times. Um, and that was just huge. I mean, And that was really that film lays out how to do an origin story, how to do right. a uh, the superhero, the, the formula for it. And nobody well, could get it right again ever until Marvel. Not even the rest of the Superman movies could That's get right. it right. But... No, they couldn't. It's but unreal. It, but you have to remember, like comic books was comic books were a medium that were extremely popular uh, in the 30s and 40s, you know, as a pulp magazine, and everyone read comics all the time. You know, it wasn't until you got into the 60s where super superhero comics started to become a, resur- a resurgence, where like comics were now sort of focused on 
kids and superheroes and kids as readers but then that's when you got your comics code authority well the comics code authority came before that right because there was true crime stories there was horror stories sci-fi like crazy sci-fi stuff so like comics were uh, it's a changing medium like every decade of comics is very different um if you you kind of go you know uh, every decade you know uh at a time so yeah at the time when superman's coming out in the late 70s um you know this was comics have sort of died out as sort of a mainstream medium in a lot of ways and yeah you can get them on the spinner rack uh in the grocery store um and all of that but you know it, it, it's it, it's a very different thing than it is you know clearly today um so yeah the the uh, comics code authority you know sort of it kind of wiped out the the art the art the artistry of comics for a long time for you know 30 years and changed like what was being consumed and then kids were the ones that kind of picked up the slack because adults adults were reading comics like they would read magazines you know because it was a lot of romance comics and true like the like i said romance true true crime horror um sci-fi stuff like that so you know it, it was a weird time at that at that moment and i i think i always assumed that there weren't comic book movies before superman because the effects weren't there but that actually is a different argument that actually makes more sense is that it was such a children's medium and it would require so much budget and stuff and and then again like there weren't hollywood blockbuster type summer movies until you got into the 70s anyway that was that actually the reason i, I guess i just always assumed it was effects more than anything else like how realistically could you make a Superman movie in the early 70s or in the 60s, you know? It's probably a combo of both, really. I mean, that's that's definitely part of it. Yeah, because well, like the old Superman TV show, the effects are nonsense. So like yeah. you can't make that as a movie. So then it's like Flash Gordon, you know? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And like him know. just springing out the window and then it's just him hanging like that's yeah. nothing. So, you know, so do you still want pretty that awesome, though? I was yeah. buying it. George, George Reeves, Reeves was fun. Yeah. That was a real fun show. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was definitely helped out by the grainy black and white, you know, and yeah. it, when I was watching it. But yeah, I used to love that show as well. Love that and show, you got to yeah. think too, like these movies back then, like it's it's we're getting at the cusp of what's really going to make a lot of money, you know? Like Hollywood was an art; it was still an artistic medium up until about 1980, and in a sense that like it's not about like how can we make a franchise and a hundred million dollars that quickly. Like you want to turn a profit, you want to make a lot of movies, you want that that you know the output but you know it wasn't like like it is today where it's like the uh, what can you put on the poster and how do you make a three three movie franchise out of it and all of that as far as so it, it, you know comic book you know but but like spider-man had a tv show superman had countless tv shows they did animated shows for kids like incredible hulk incredible the hulk had a hulk show. wonder woman yep. show yeah wonder yep. woman yep. yeah That's i right. mean yeah. so superheroes were around and I, they weren't exclusively for kids in a sense but i think it's you know the comics themselves were almost deemed that it was it was for kids and out you know the nerdy the nerdy the nerdy yeah, blows, people it blows me away that batman tv show was like a prime time tv show you know yeah, like yeah. when i was watching it it was you know like yeah morning early afternoon like on the kids reel you know on whatever channel i was i was watching but you know you go back and and you do a little research and that i mean that was a prime time tv show meant for all audiences and like like the flintstones or the jetsons exactly <laughs> like, right you know? thinking right. of the flintstones as an evening show is so strange <laughs> like yeah. yeah but like the simpsons <laughs> like is the, now yeah. Yeah. yeah to the batmobile this could be the break we've been looking for uh, uh but anyway. how long did batman go did that go 
did it go one year or three years? I can't two or remember. three years. I, I think, think no, it was it? three seasons. Yeah, or yeah. like two and a half. But yeah. it was, I mean, filled with guest stars and Vincent Price, and you know, as well, who is he? The the oh god, I can't remember which one he was. Egghead was he? Was he Egghead? <laughs> was he Egghead? <laughs> I don't remember who. I think it was Vincent Price, wasn't it? Yeah, it could be or Bookworm or, or Bookworm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played. He played Egghead. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Like they, Otto Preminger played uh, King Tut. Like, yeah, had, it was a crazy cast. Was it, yeah, what was it? It was Burgess Meredith who played Penguin, the, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Cesar Romero was the Joker, and, and Frank and, Gorshin. Yep, and we Frank Gorshin, the Riddler, and multiple Catwomen. Yeah, I was gonna say three. Yeah. But they're 120 episodes over three seasons for. Yeah, Batman. they were long seasons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Has anyone here been to the mansion that they that was the exterior of the Wayne Manor of that show? No, no, I, I have is that out there. That, I have, and I've seen the exterior, exist? and it is trash. It is garbage. <laughs> it is a, it is not a comfortable place to be. It's uh, anyway. Is it an insult to the Wayne family? No, it's just like you know, it's just rich. It's like a rich building, you know, that was built like it's like everything needs to be gaudy and like you know, cold and opulent. Gross. And just yeah, like, nice. oh, you're like okay, like this is a garbage place. <laughs> the outside looks cool. <laughs> Anyway, no offense to the people that own it, but I'm not going back there and they're not listening to this podcast. Well, they shouldn't have invited you to that <laughs> wedding reception. Yeah, why'd they bring me there? <laughs> Bunch of Shitting all over the inside of the, the mansion. Did you, uh, but did you find the bat shape. pole to the bat cave? That's the most. Couldn't important. find it. I was look. I was knocking well, on. Of course, it's garbage then. Flipping statues. Flipping the yeah, statue. Yeah. yeah. Flipping the head up on a bust. What a waste. He broke so many busts that day. Oh, <laughs> that's why I'm not here. invited back. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Do you do the bat dance there? Every day. Yeah. All the time. Okay. There and everywhere. The bat tusi? Yeah, the bat tusi. You yeah. gotta do the bat tusi. And the bat dance. Yeah. The so bat just... dance is later, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was the yeah, bat is earlier in the day. Bat yeah. dance was later. Uh, forgive me for confusing the Batman dance maneuvers. <laughs> There's many bat it's Batman related un- Unforgivable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we've got the 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 show that is so campy and and I love it. I mean, I love that that show. It's just in a whole different way than I love the rest of the Batman movies. But I can, the Batman nineteen sixty six movie is fantastic for so many reasons. I mean, the bat shark repellent, the getting running around trying to get rid of the bomb. You know, like there's climbing up the side of the building. Climbing, like, yeah, <laughs> like, classic, all classic. But it kind of tainted batman as a character for so long that that was what people the majority of the public thought of when they thought of batman so even though the comics are serious and i remember my first i think like interaction with batman as a character was probably two things number one it was uh either probably super friends but i also had like a handful of batman comic books and one was like the cover was him in some kind of protective suit like charging through the streets of Gotham that were covered in acid, like, like up to your knees in acid. Mm-hmm. And there's like skeletons and stuff. I'm like, Whoa, this is, this is Batman too. Okay. Nice. <laughs> A Did little- you guys ever, sorry to interrupt. Did you guys ever have, there were, there were these like books that came with like a, a cassette tape accompaniment that would be like the narrator mm-hmm. and you'd have this book and you would like follow along in the yeah. book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was how I got introduced to Batman originally was I had the Batman and Robin book of that with the cassette. And it was like how Dick Grayson came about to be Robin and all that oh, stuff. Nice. That was kind of like my intro 
in into into Batman, and then it was the TV series. Yeah. But they both were like kind of thematically could be related, you know, in in a way. So yeah, my expectation of what Batman was leading up until you know I got a little bit older was always that kind of like goofy yeah. sort of camp. I mean, he's on he he's on Scooby Doo, right? Wasn't right. Batman? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Batman and Robin were on, yeah. on Scooby Doo. Voiced by Adam West, I think. Yeah, the, is that uh, right? Yeah, him and Berth Ward, I think, both did it. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. But they're, uh, you know, it, and it's really funny because it is influential, like the Adam West Batman, uh, that show. Like, you have to, if you think about, like, that show and having watched it and, like, they're all, there's always a fight with the, the, the goons and all that. And, uh, and then if you, th- if you think about, like, Christopher Nolan's, like, third movie where Bruce Wayne is Batman, I think, 20 minutes of it. You know, like, there's, like, this shorthand of, like, you know Batman is as good as he, he is. He can they he always beats them. Like they, they you don't need to show the fight scenes all the time. I think and I think it kind of relies on the idea of, of the 60s campy show and like what you saw, kind of what he's doing in in 89 and and Batman returns. Like that there was like later instances of like Batman is just so good. He's always just beating up bad guys. You don't even really need to depict it anymore. Right. But um, you need that forum so that you can see the different bat gadgets, right? Because that's always, he's always been clever and he always has like technology and things yeah. like that. It's, it's a little bit like James Bond, right? Like some of, some of the excitement about watching James Bond is being able to see what new kind of like clever gadgets he's going to bring into the, into the, the field. Right. And so, I think I think with a lot of these battles that you get with Batman, it's so that you can highlight things like the Batmobile and the Batwing and the you know like the little bat grappling hook and you know whatever else he's bringing bringing to the party. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's a nice excuse uh, for the Tim Burton movies uh, if you take that logic, just because the fight scenes are so nothing. No, <laughs> yeah. Batman literally just punches guys and that's it, and <laughs> like no, and nothing. Cape around and like, yeah. yeah, the big fight at the end, he literally doesn't do anything to the first two guys. <laughs> <laughs> they just solve yeah. themselves like I, think that was, I always yeah. like, assume that was a Burton problem but that logic also is kind of fun like you don't need to see Batman beating people up <laughs> well and I think I think that costume looked like it was pretty pretty hard to move around in. right agile in that thing yeah I remember being a kid I'm like oh Batman can't move his neck like I realized <laughs> yeah, like, that, like, yeah. I can't turn. yeah it's can't like it's park it's like me in my old age now yeah <laughs> right yeah right. move at the hips that's all <laughs> yeah. it is but I, I think i think with a character like batman who's you know 80 90 years old or whatever the hell he is at this point sure like you know there is a shorthand to like what you're gonna see so it is like you know what is this new batman movie gonna be with robert Pattinson? are we gonna are we gonna see his parents die like i, I don't think we are but maybe maybe and if they do it maybe for like a minute because if you spend 30 minutes on it no. You're wasting your time. <laughs> well, the movie the movie is three hours long. They got to put something in. Oh God, what is going this on? This is going to be interesting for so sure. Long. Like we yeah. we've seen all these characters' origin stories so much between Batman and Superman and Spider Man that there's been so many relaunches that like yeah. I mean we don't need an origin movie every four or five years. Like we we're still good. Like I'm yeah. still yeah. good with the Tobey Maguire like origin story. I don't need it right. again. But, yeah. yeah. Don't, um, we don't need to keep killing Uncle Ben. It's fine. Yeah, come on, yeah. give him, yeah. let him rest. Yeah, no, nope, um, just just Aunt May. Yeah. Oh, Aunt May. Poor Aunt May. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Oh, if you haven't seen it yet, that's not my fault. That's yeah. It's been out for months. Guys. <laughs> Get out to the theaters, guys. Get to the theater. Aunt yeah. May's that's dead. where all the COVID is. Get out there. <laughs> Get your COVID. Yeah. <laughs> 
I so survived. I survived Spider-Man. See Aunt this. May die. Hey, Get your COVID here. I saw it at a I saw it at a drive-in just a oh, couple nice. of weeks ago. So uh, how much fun is that? It was, you it was great. Coast motherfuckers. It was great. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, though, back back to uh, uh, Batman, and you know, cir- circling back even to Superman. So Superman the movie comes out, huge hit, follows right up with Superman 2, also <clears throat> technically directed by Richard Donner, really, but uh, he was not credited. There was a whole dispute, which is a podcast on its own. Uh, I've mentioned it before. Yeah, I, I love Superman 2. Big fan. I think we yeah. all are, right? I mean, oh, that's absolutely, yeah. yeah. Another great, great sequel um, follows right in line with the first one, but obviously with the split with Richard Donner, You've got a big creative kind of um, separation. And then we get to Superman 3, which yeah. is a special movie for you. Nothing but right? brilliant. Wall-to-wall genius Superman 3. Yeah. It's it's a Richard Pryor movie guest starring Superman. And Bizarro Superman. Are you yeah. kidding? Yeah. It introduces Bizarro Superman. It's oh. awesome. Yeah. And there's some like weird, like terrifying, like, Robot, robot thing, robot lady that gets yeah. made Ooh. in this contraption. Yeah. That yeah, thing, scary. that thing was terrifying. There's rooftop skiing, and yeah. there's, there's way Jeez. too much potato salad. Like there's all sorts of stuff in that movie. <laughs> Just it's way so too much wacky. potato salad. It it's is. So it's wacky. it's a wacky movie, and it goes. You know, the whole franchise is like, huh? We're going in what direction now? And, yeah. and then you get. As if that wasn't bad enough, you get Superman for All right, so that's garbage. for peace. Yeah. Uh, which is a, as we talked about on our, uh, the, our look back at the rise and fall of Canon films, that is a Canon project. So, yeah. yikes. Not how, does it go, how does it go from that, from where, how does it become a Canon film? Well, that's- so here's, so, so I think with the kind of decline in, in, revenue from the Superman franchise. They sold off the rights for the movie to to Canon, who just we know what Canon Films did with their their movies. They just did whatever they wanted. A lot didn't make sense. So um, they, you know, cut the budget way down for what it should have been and really kind of cut the movie off at its knees and killed the Superman franchise right there in 1987. Yeah, unfortunately. Isn't that yeah. wild to think I'm like in 2022, whatever year we are, uh, like that, like these comic book properties are just thought of as nothingness and, and thrown around and sold to whoever. And it's just yeah. like, you know, the, and like that we've been seeing in the last 15, 20 years of the studios and the rights of things. And it's just sort of, oh yeah, we probably should have hang, hung on to that because look how much money they actually make. You know, well, they're they're a built-in audience. I mean, for for kids and now for adults. I mean, everybody sees those movies really at one point or another, um, and they finally figured out how to do them properly for the most part. Yeah. There yeah. are some. Well, I mean, Marvel still, but... Marvel did for sure. the most part for sure. I think I think there's still a lot of misses in in other <laughs> other yeah. areas, but yeah. Marvel Marvel nailed it better than. Uh, anybody has or probably will be able to do again it's yeah. uh, pretty impressive what they were able to do with that that entire uh storyline so yeah so and they keep doing it yeah, spider-man do. was red yep so the uh what but what's happening in the superman franchise through the 80s is is kind of directly affecting what's gonna be happening with batman as well because in october 1979 pretty much right after 
the first Superman movie is out, mm -hmm. uh, the rights are are purchased and, and it's being developed as a vehicle for Guy Hamilton and Richard Maybaum, who we have uh, discussed briefly in our James Bond franchise uh, podcasts. They were the Guy Hamilton directed three or four. Uh, I can't remember. I, I think it was at least three Bond movies. Um, and Richard Maybaum was like one of the main writers of the original Bond movies. So they were going to take a shot at developing Batman as a property. Um, John Peters and Peter Goober, the uh, big time producers, joined the project in November of 79. And they start pitching it around town. They pitch it at Universal. Universal passes on it. Uh, but Warner Brothers snatches it up because they've already got a successful Superman franchise going. So why not go with I guess what at the time was probably the number two DC character uh, with Batman. So, and then it's kind of stuck in development for, for years. Uh, Tom Mankiewicz wrote an origin story in 1983. It was focused on, on Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson and, and the development of their characters. They had wanted uh, so many names got pitched and, and I don't know how many were actually offered, but uh, so many names were pitched uh, as as Batman. Uh, at one point, they wanted an unknown actor as Batman. William Holden, uh, Peter O'Toole, David Niven were going to all-star in it. So, I mean, that's that's kind of an all-star yeah. uh, British cast. I would I, I kind of would have been down for that. Yeah, it would have been cool, at least, with all of these old warhorse like, legends from the 50s and 60s. But playing, I think they were supposed to play, like, Alfred and Commissioner Gordon. And yeah. Will, 80-year-old William Holden wasn't playing Batman. Right? It wasn't that project. <laughs> that, but... that would be, that would be like Kingdom Come. That would yeah, be, right. Yeah. right, right. But, uh, no, well, yeah, Will, the... Holden was, was Commissioner Gordon, and, and Peter O'Toole was, Peter O'Toole was, I think, Penguin, and David Niven was going to be Alfred. Oh. Huh. Was what I, cool. I, I remember yeah. seeing. Interesting choice. I think some of the near missed casting, those those oddball movie versions they were going to do, are kind of fun. Like, you know, as much as I'm glad they got to '89, the crazy Ivan Reitman Batman would yeah. have been amazing. Like, oh I, I still wish that they had just made it and just never released it, and we could find it on YouTube or something because it yeah. sounds insane. Like, so so the Ivan Reitman pitch. So he comes in. I I want to. I'm assuming it's right after Ghostbusters. So maybe I think so. It must be. Yeah, it's got to be eighty four, eighty five. Bill Murray as Batman and Eddie Murphy as Robin. Right. <laughs> How does that work? Sign me up immediately. Oh my god! <laughs> Everyone would have gone to see that movie. So uh, yeah, they could do yeah. that now. Like, I mean, it right would now. be ridiculous, but but right. yeah. It well, would. that's what I mean. Coming from the '60s, Batman figure like right. that makes sense. That this is something they could have made. And I just, oh, when I read that that existed, I was like, that that almost happened. I was like, oh man, I wish, I wish we could have got that. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane, and it just goes on and on. I think Murray kept being pitched as Batman through over the next couple of years. But Wes Craven is attached to direct at one point. Joe Dante is attached to direct at one point. That would have been really cool. Yeah, um, interesting take on it. I do wonder if the Murray thing could have also been at that's at that era where he didn't really make any movies. So I wonder if his name, he if he had just said he wanted to do it, we could have just got that movie. But yeah. between Ghostbusters and like Scrooge, he didn't do anything. So right. mm -hmm. that's that big window of time right when we're talking about. So yeah, that, that four yeah. year hiatus that uh, I could definitely see his I, I know he had like really kind of stepped back from everything. I don't know how much 
he was really getting involved. Maybe his people were, but right. um, yeah, that would have, I, I, again, I would have been really excited for that. Yeah. I don't know how well that would have turned out, like thinking about it, but. In the long term, it would have been bad. Yeah. But for as a one-off, it would have been amazing. It, it's yeah, it's it hard it to. Would, s- it would ahead, be Brent. interesting to see if that had happened, what it would have done to Batman moving forward, right? Right. Because, I mean, like, you look at 89, and, and and the absence of Robin, I think, has totally affected Robin in the movie's sense, right? Like, I mean, because right. that movie showed that you didn't even really need Robin in there. Like, Batman could stand on his on his own. So, like, if you did come on and, and approach it with the Bill Murray character, like, it could have had incredibly long-lasting effects on on where the cinematic version of the character went. Right. Yeah. And I think the thing is with the comics at that time, because Robin had just died, this is the only real era where you have Batman without Robin, if I'm if I'm if I remember correctly. So like that's kind of even why when the movie gets made when it does, the fact that it affects everything down the road, it almost had to have happened right when it did for this to even be the case. Right. Yeah, at this point in the comics, so Dick Grayson has sort of left Batman and he's become Nightwing. Right. Mm-hmm. Jason Todd comes in as Batman or as Robin and is like the least liked character in comic book history at this point to the point where it wasn't wasn't it's something that the, there was a poll done DC did a poll you could the, I think you could call in or something yeah, couldn't you you could, you could call and in vote. and vote what you wanted to have happen to him and ever and and the fans voted to kill him off and and they did it and <laughs> in a really violent way like the yeah. joker basically like corners him in a house beats him almost to death and then blows him up in the house it's like he's <laughs> yeah. dead yeah that's sure. brutal yeah of course you know 30 years later he's back but uh, yeah he's the red hood he yeah takes but on fan the service you know gotta takes, appease, appease the fan base <laughs> he takes on J- joker's old persona as the red hood yeah from, uh, the gold uh, the golden age right uh yeah but um yeah so at this point tim burton has come around while all this is being developed and releases uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which I, I'm just going to guess that all of us are big fans of that film. Sure. Loved yes. it. So much to love there. Uh, but obviously, like, a fresh, you know, a, a fresh eye and a fresh uh, visual style in, in American cinema and uh, follows that up with, with Beetlejuice, right, was his next film, which I was a huge fan. I'm still a huge fan of Beetlejuice. I think it's an amazing movie. It's It's such a quirky story and and uh the cast is fantastic again his visual style is just progressing and progressing um and i think he's hired in 1986 so that would have been right before beetlejuice comes out uh, i think he signs to direct batman but again it's still in development so not even close to being ready uh, he did a big rewrite on the script and removed the Dick Grayson and the Penguin storylines that were there. So it's kind of just whittling down to Batman, his origin story, and the Joker. Um, he hires Sam Hamm to to really get into the origin, who then adds the Vicky Vale and Carl Grissom characters, all of which were based on previous characters, but uh, sort of took a new take on them. And then uh, after Beetlejuice comes out and is a success, then they really get into pre-production in early 1988. Now, we, we talked a little bit about some actors that were attached through the 80s, but now that this is really in motion, everybody's being named as Batman. You've got 
Mel Gibson, Kevin Costner, Charlie Sheen, Tom Selleck, still Bill Murray's floating around, Harrison Ford, Dennis Quaid, Willem Dafoe. Uh, and there was a rumor, and it would make sense, that Willem Dafoe was being pitched as the Joker, but it was actually at the time Batman. So, yeah. uh, or Bruce Wayne. But God, I mean, look at those names. And of course, I'm sure we could have seen our, our dear friend Kurt Russell as, uh, as Bruce Wayne for sure. Are you going to fit that hair under the cowl? I don't think so. <laughs> well, that's your problem. That, that's probably what what, he's, <laughs> what broke the deal. It just flows part. out from underneath <laughs> the cowl. You're like, ah, I don't. He's like, we're going to cut a hole around the top so I'll have the ears, but the hair can come out, the right? Out. He looks like Batgirl. <laughs> he looks like... <laughs> yep. But, uh, I mean, any of those guys, I guess, you know, I could, I could see them all. I, I mean, I could really see all of them as Bruce Wayne and Batman. I don't know how well it would work, but uh, it works as as just as good as Michael Keaton. And yeah, if, and then I'm not saying that in a bad way about Michael Keaton, but if you're gonna pick someone to be Bruce Wayne slash Batman, is Michael Keaton your first pick? Your no. second? Or your <laughs> yeah, third? it seems like an or off pick. I I like him having. I like it now but like it it definitely seems like a stretch well especially especially coming on the heels of what michael keaton had just right. done like that's right. really right. the problem is that now you can think of michael keaton as this like great actor because he's done decades of like alternating between comedy and heavy yes. stuff but yep. at that point you really just had clean and sober and then you had mr mom and beetlejuice and night shift like and, oh don't that much. don't forget the dream team don't forget well, that one love, i love the dream team. I, love had, had he done gun gung ho yet oh yeah gung ho yeah. mr and mom and all that you said and, mr yeah. mom yeah yeah so i mean he was mostly just comedies and but then i think like clean and sober is the only real serious thing he has up to that point and like you know he's weighty in it it's not an action movie or anything but you can see that there's some gravity to what he's doing um, but I mean, I can understand why the blowback was what it was in 88. So. Yeah. 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 I mean, the Burton obviously had the relationship with him and really, you know, stuck to his guns with, with really pushing Keaton as Batman and, and Warner brothers eventually agreed to it. And, and, but yeah, the, as soon as that announcement was made, I don't think fans were wild about either choice Burton as director right. and Keaton as Batman. It, it's like, what are we doing here? Well, <laughs> What else do you have, guys? <laughs> Let's give it a shot. So, yeah. Um, well, then they bring in Nicholson, and I think everybody was pretty jazzed about that casting. That fixed well, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And Nicholson, Jack Nicholson, who we haven't really talked a lot about on this show, but was such a huge, I mean, one of the biggest stars of the 70s and 80s. You know, by, by the mid 90s, he had started to kind of wind it down a little bit, was still acting for sure through like 2007 or eight, I believe. Um, but uh, he was kind of attached to the movie almost since the beginning that he was always circling it. His name was continued to like be, you know, in the running for every, for the Joker really um, long before they really ha set, uh, nailed in a, a lead for Batman, but others were thrown around. Um, Tim Curry, David Bowie, John Lithgow auditioned. Uh, John Glover, Brad Dourif, Ray Liotta, uh, James Woods, Robin <laughs> Williams, all these people either auditioned or were pitched as the Joker, which, I mean, think of the pairing, the, the pairings we just talked about as Batman and these guys as the Joker, like so many combinations would have worked like amazingly well. 
Murray and Lithgow is that's my top. That's my top too. Murray, Murray and James Woods. That's your. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, Lithgow as as the Joker, man. I don't. I, I'd be pretty good. I'd, no, I'd, I wasn't. I love sarcastic. Lithgow. Yeah, I love. I mean, I'm like a Lithgow is a great Joker. Well, and He's Lithgow. Lithgow, I don't think at the time fully understood the scope of the movie and ended up sort of talking them out of casting him, <laughs> and the years later regretted it. But sure. really, I mean. Yeah. Ultimately, I think Jack Nicholson is the perfect casting for that role. Like, and at the time, I think Robin Williams would have been perfect for like the Riddler or something like that. But, but see, I've always thought that the Robin Williams story about this, where he really wanted to play the Joker, points too much to the idea that they were trying, like, people thought of the Joker as a comic character, right? Mm-hmm. And because Robin Williams also hadn't really done a ton of serious stuff by 89, that yeah. like it just kind of wouldn't have worked, even though, again, Robin Williams was a great actor. Yeah. But it wasn't until later that anybody really realized that, you know? So I think his Joker would have been interesting. But but again, like then if you have Michael Keaton and Robin Williams, like no <laughs> one's going to buy that, yeah. like, you know? As a serious right. movie. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, like, and if you look at, I mean, I don't know, is Cesar Romero straight up comic? Like, I mean, you know, you, that's a power, that's a powerhouse actor right there, like giving you a Joker, right? Like, from well, I mean, he was a serious actor, and in, in a yeah, well, exactly. So he's like a real guy, and then like you know, obviously the show. I mean, all of those actors on in that show were serious actors, yeah. right? So they're oh yeah, and so Burgess just, Meredith wasn't known for his comedic chops. Yeah, no. but so but it's I all, mean, if you watch Cesar, if you watch Cesar Romero in that show, like his. His performance, sorry to interrupt, David, is like oh. it's got some bite to it. Like, all right, He's there's like darkness. There's yeah. darkness behind the delivery of a lot of the lines that he's that he's giving. So yeah, the show is super campy. But like, if you really like study him, he's. I mean, he's there's venom there, and it's yeah. like, wow, okay, this guy's like you know, seething, you know, and it's why, it's yeah. really impressive. And Nicholson's sort of an extension of that. It, it is. Yeah. I think. I think. 89 Batman 89 is a translation of uh, fr- taking it from 60 the 60s through what you're seeing in the the comics in the 80s and then and then adding that twist and then darkening in the whole thing right it's like it's a, it, you you couldn't it's a, it's it really is a transitionary or transitory oh, yeah. I, kind of thing like I it's think. kind of a perfect like evolution to get us to where Batman is now i don't think you could have gone from the 60s version to even Chris Nolan's version and had that like that's such a severe departure you know but like Mm -hmm. I think what you said David is exactly right like it's a nice kind of evolution it's a step in that direction where it's still like holding on to some of the roots of 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 what people recognized but but it is moving more towards that dark night kind of you know darker themes and more grit and you know all those all those type of things that it's continued to grow towards and Man. still does. And, you know, again, I think this one with Robert Pattinson is supposed to be just. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch the hell out of that. Super, <laughs> super intense. I don't give a shit. I'm all over that. Him and Catwoman in a, in tuxedos and ball gowns and dancing. I'm sure like every time, like, I mean, we'll see. Give me, come on more. We'll find out in a few weeks. I no. like Pattinson. I mean, the guy's got, I mean, like, you take the, I mean, I'm not a Twilight fan or any of that stuff, but like the lighthouse and all that. Like, yeah, he's dude, a good he actor. Some, 
he oh, does he, incredible stuff. If like, I didn't know who that guy was, like if I didn't know he was in Twilight movies, I'd be like, that guy looks pretty cool as Batman. Like that that dude's awesome. Am like, I really the only one who kind of gets like the Spider-Man 3 vibe from the new Batman movie? Ooh. Like that's just me? Because like he looks just like this emo-y Batman and then yeah. like, it's like way yeah. too gritty and like it the could whole movie is one color. I don't know. That just yeah. doesn't do it. it just, the trailer doesn't well, do it for the me. I've, I've, I've watched Spider-Man 3 <laughs> yeah. so far out of my head. I can't. <laughs> Like yeah. even even after like re like even after the latest Spider like I can't remember I mean they had characters come back I just can't yeah. remember anything about Spider Man I haven't 3, seen three in a while except the like... dance sequence and I was like <laughs> yeah the meme that's yeah, yeah that's tough. but that's that's the vibe I get from the new Batman I I like I'm I'm hesitant like if the reviews you know are good but I'm not like excited it, that trailer doesn't do it for me there it's is a, little, a it's a little too much. There is a sketch that it turns out it's a college humor sketch or something like that. And with Pete David or uh, not Pete Davidson, uh, but there, it's about Batman and he's just inept and he's terrible at his job. And he's just, it's called bad man. Like he's just bad at everything, <laughs> but they like, they sort of integrate like the Nolan, like grittiness. And so they introduce a Riddler character and he's gritty and he's like, got a, he's got a gun to uh, Rachel's head. And like, you know, Batman's so stupid. He can't solve the riddles like right in front of him. <laughs> And you know, in his answer, it was like, you know, it's just like just like the answer to this riddle is justice and all that. It's really funny. I'll send you the link. We'll post nice. it. But like that's literally in the trailer for this new Batman movie where the yeah. Riddler is that's dark. Funny. He's things. the Zodiac and, killer. Like and then, just, yeah, and yeah. Batman's saying, like, the answer to the Riddler's justice. I'm like, oh my God. Like it's self-parody. Yeah. That's like, hilarious. <laughs> and I, yeah. I have not seen that college humor <laughs> skit. So it's uh Pete Pete Holmes, actually. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Pete Holmes plays like Batman and it's hysterical. It, it's nice. just but oh, like that's funny. That's what this one is. Like the answer to the Riddler's justice. Like, oh my god like you gotta yeah. be kidding i mean the new but batman could be total he, garbage oh yeah, you know be, it might be but i'm in yeah like, the trailer just oh, yeah, has I'm me in. concerned but like matt reeves matt reeves is directing it yeah. who's really good so i'm like i'm excited to see what he does but gimme yeah I, yeah that that trailer and the fact that it's three hours long yeah. the three hours is a little problematic yeah. I don't that worries me a little need bit to be I'll, that long i'll catch you not, on a first, not the first movie like oh we're yeah. gonna restart batman let's make it i, I feel like we batman. left those in the 90s like the not like or or avatar was like yeah like <laughs> yeah. i don't need to sit in a movie this long like it just yeah. i think make it a, a tight 82 minutes oh love it <laughs> just, yeah. oh my god two episodes I'm cool of for 90 i'm cool oh, for man. 90 or 120 but like I'm always Get excited when you hours. see a 93 like, minute yeah. movie. Just the best. Like, <laughs> yeah. How long You're is like, this? Cool. I'm in. I'm out. Minutes? Let's go. Love it. Oh my god. The I'm best. gonna watch it twice. <laughs> the, the Venom sequel is about 95 minutes apparently. Perfect. Like, like go oh, cool. Like and it's guys, dumb and wonderful. The Venom. It's, yeah. Did you watch yeah. it? Did yeah. It? Yeah. Oh, it's bad. And it's oh, great. it's so dumb. It's Those so Venom dumb. Movies are dumb, but love it. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot of fun. It's so stupid. Yeah. Anyway, Batman. Oh. <laughs> Jack Nicholson, great, but but really, un- outlines who that character is for the next. You know, I think again, he's the he he's the evolution of Cesar Romero and takes it to the next level. And yeah, for everyone after, you know, yeah, yeah, and his. I, I feel like it was the Witches of Eastwick that really cemented that. You know, him him being cast that he could yeah. he could do that kind of angle. So I was uh, kind of gonna say because like you look at Nicholson's eighties, he's doing really like either really idiosyncratic characters or real heavy characters like yeah. it's like reds or like terms of endearments light pritzy's honors light but he's doing iron weed and heartburn yeah. and it's these aren't like 
even like Cuckoo's Nest style characters. These are like heavy characters. Yeah, the, the postman always rings twice. Like, right, right. So then I when you get watched. to Witches of Eastwick, which is like 87, and he's so wild and so over the top, you're like, well, that's the Joker. You can, you, can, I can see that as the Joker. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So so he, he makes his deal after that, and it's one of those famous Hollywood uh, sweet deals. Wait till they get a load of me. That he got, uh, you know, he got top billing, just like Marlon Brando did over Christopher Reeves. Um, he gets top billing. He gets to dictate his own work hours. He gets days off for, for Laker home games. Um, he cuts his fee down to about $6 million, but he's going to get a per- Yeah, he's nice. going to get percentage of the gross oh. and the merchandise. Ooh. Oh, my God. I mean, nice. it's just... Like it's a Shit. genius move, and and obviously, like he was thinking ahead and seeing what you know Star Wars is doing and what Roger Rabbit probably just did with the marketing and and the toys and everything that's coming. So, uh, you know, a, a great move. He could have absolutely retired after Batman and not had to worry about a thing. But um, thank God he didn't. We got man trouble <laughs> and <laughs> the bucket list yeah. anger management. Yeah. Oh. Nicholson. Wolf. Oh, man. Uh, I like The Departed. I don't care what all of you say. The Departed's awesome. The Departed's great. <laughs> I love The Departed. God, the Departed's great. Oh, John and Brent are not fans. Oh, really? No, that's not true. That's, that's not, not true, true at all. You guys have both sort of said, like, that you've kind of not had a positive. No. Scorsese's no. The Departed? No, no, no. no. Love uh, The Departed. Both of you. Oh, okay. All right. I used to have a, literally, like, an eight-foot poster of The Departed hanging up in my house. <laughs> eight foot? Like, that big, mo- like, motion, like, movie theater poster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Love that movie. Who else? Uh, so, David, who else is in this movie? This is your favorite part of the show. Where you Here talk we go. About all there's, the actors. There's nobody. Nobody is in this movie. <laughs> well, you know, who, movie. you know who wasn't in this movie? It was Sean Young was originally cast as Vicky Vale, uh, but was injured. in I think a horse, uh, a horse riding accident, yeah. broke her arm, uh, was replaced by Kim Basinger, who was. Whew, was this really her? I'm trying to remember back. Was this really her first like huge, huge movie? She'd been around all through the '80s. She was in the James Bond movie. Never say never again. I mean, That's, I'm not saying it's a huge movie, but it was still a James Bond it's, movie. It's a it's a quote unquote Bond movie, right? Yeah, she's a few years off from L.A. Confidential, is what. But you're like, saying. that's about it. I, I mean, she was in stuff, but she was in. That's uh, her first. You know, she was in Nadine and Nadine. That's what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, Blind Date. Blind Date. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this was really like now she's an A-list star after this movie. Yeah, yeah. She's really good in this, by the way. She is. She has, oh, what she, she has to do. Her yeah. first scene with Robert Wall, she fucking kills it. Every, yeah. Her and Robert Wall, I want to watch the two of them like hang out. That's <laughs> a that's a spin-off like sitcom, it, right? There. It should have yeah. just been the two of them like do breaking news stories. That'd be fun. Like, yeah. That's what Arliss should have been. <laughs> Could have had it. I've never seen an episode of Arliss, and I know everyone thinks it's the worst. I'm curious. Like I, I should I, should I remember like seeing I it at the time in. and not thinking. I watched I watched like, half no one of one episode and that was it. He's like a Hollywood agent, is that right? Or sports an agent. Agent. Sports, sports agent. Oh, sports agent, even worse. Oh, yeah. so wait, that's that's the Rock's show. Isn't the Rock in on a show? Uh-huh. Bo- Bounders? Ballers. 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 Yeah. So Ballers is the spiritual sequel. So yeah, I, have no, I, I don't <laughs> watch TV. <laughs> Bounders. Shooting from the hip. I like That's it. That's the British Bounders. version. It's called Bounders. It's Bounders. Bounders. Yeah. 
<laughs> and instead of the rock, it's just like the stone because that's the weight, the weight measurement. <laughs> the stone is it's a terrible joke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Man. All right. Yeah. Anyway, um, Robert Wool's character. What? Uh, why I just blanked on his name? Alexander never... Knox. Alexander, Alexander Knox. Do we ever see Alexander Knox or Vicky Vale? Vicky Vale, I think, is in one of the video games, uh, on on uh, one of the PS4 games, but. I don't think we see Alexander Knox like ever again in any version, which oh, was weird. The only thing I can point out because I did watch this is the Crisis on Infinite Earth crossover that they did on the CW, and he yeah. and Reverwell does show up as Knox on that show. <gasps> oh wow, that that's right? awesome! Yeah, that's yeah, cool. they bring because they bring in characters from all sorts of different things, and he pops up in there. So that's it, it's cool. A, that oh. I mean that. The whole CW universe is kind of a mess, but like that crossover is really fun. Oh, yeah. neat! I, yeah. I, I did I tell you to do that? I told I man, I've to, I've been I was still watching. I think I was still watching the Flash at that point. Oh, so I think I was I just, great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was a big fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like Vicky Vale is a character from the comics from decades before, right? I don't even was know. she. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. she was. I thought she was. She was. was she? She, okay. She's a she's a Batman character. I don't know how intense you know in there, yeah. but they were pulling at least for some some of the source material. Like, yeah, I know that like the original female character is supposed to be Silver St. Cloud, right? Who was like, a yeah. real, was a, I know a Batman character, but I didn't I didn't know if Vicky Vale was a character or not, honestly. Oh, she was. Yeah. No, she debuted in 19 From back in the she day. Debuted in 1948. So. Oh, wow. Oh, she was a redhead. So she was a and, newer uh, character is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. They just, just um, created her for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but it, this movie, this movie is so funny because it's like. Oh, billionaires in 1989. Like, nobody knows anything about this guy. Who is this guy? Is it... And they always, but that was always the sort of thing that you said about reclusive, reclusive billionaire, but also playboy, you know, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, right. So he's reclusive, but he's a playboy, yeah. but no one knows anything. Like, Vicky Bell doesn't know what he's, he looks he's, like. Would you yeah. say he's knows. living a dual life? Like, a... Ooh. yeah, sort of. <laughs> But it, but it's funny like we're I mean there's plenty of billionaires in in America right now. Um, I don't know who most of them are, but you know, Bruce Wayne he had a tragic backstory in the city that he lives in, and nobody knows like what's the deal with this guy? Ooh, what's what's up? So of the billionaires you do know right now, which one would be Bruce Wayne? Mm. Mm. Uh, I don't I don't know any person. Well, that's Playboy billionaire. That wasn't so Jeff Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I met a billionaire. I've never met a billionaire. Well, I mean, well, I mean, just you know, Elon, maybe, Elon, it, Elon Musk is at least building cars and rocket ships yeah. and things like that. Well, it's it's a different it's a different thing. Whereas, like these billionaires are these untouchable people in the like at, at a high stature, you know, back then, you know, kind of a thing. It's it, it's funny looking at it now, where oh, no one knows what he looks like, but of course, it's like. I mean the the universe of that movie still is it's like it's it's you know you've got old cars and old old like technology and things like that it's not exactly a modern you know modern of the time depiction it's very stylized very Burton-esque so it is a funny little thing though yeah. like no one knows what it looks like in the, yeah. at their own house at his own house like I don't know it's funny I also think um, it's of the time we're talking about money and how much money you have was considered a uh... Kind of a faux pas and unclassy so that's why they were more reclusive even if they were mm -hmm. playboys because they were only you know having higher end parties with other people that were also trying to stay out of the limelight whereas like now i feel like billionaires want to be like oh look at me i got billions there's <laughs> so many billionaires. rock i'm gonna build a rocket ship 
Everybody yeah, I don't feel a rocket ship these days. I don't feel like this Bruce Wayne is patterned after anybody. Like, I think you can make no. a case that yeah. like some right. of the later Bruce Wayne's have a feel to them. And on, like, honestly, and one of the notes I seem to keep taking for some reason when I was rewatching it was if anything, he's re he's patterned after Dracula, right? Like, cause he lives in this castle. They keep referencing Batman in Dracula ways, which I know is supposed to be like, we're scaring the bad guys. But then even you just, you think of the way, like the movie sorts to go, like that seems to be like, the vibe Tim Burton's really working for. Like there's this gothic horror aspect to it mm -hmm. that you don't see really in the other movies, even in the other movies in this series, in this stretch of time, the Burton Schumacher movies. Um, and that that seems to be like, this is what we're gonna key around. This is essentially d the daytime Dracula where he's just like yeah. having parties at his house, you know? <laughs> yeah. Not like when he's eating people, but like the daytime Dracula. So. <laughs> That's a good point. That's an interesting yeah. way to put it. That is. Huh. Yeah, he's this eccentric guy that nobody knows anything about, and you know he just sort of lets him in. Then there's a giant mirror that he doesn't appear in in the one scene, right? Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's not in the scene at all. But you know, there's a giant mirror at the end of that scene. Yeah. Oh, the Who one with the camera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think there's something there. There's I've got something. so many notes just referencing that, where I'm just like Dracula question mark. <laughs> so many Dracula moments. Oh, I I, I took too many stupid. Did, it, did did they not do a a Batman Dracula crossover in one of the like? Oh sure. Animated that, movies. I'm pretty sure they did. That feels like something that should exist. Feels like those characters may have more uh, to do with each other. Is that than what we thought. is that is that what Morbius is about? <laughs> He's a vampire of He's some a, sort. He's right? a Spider-Man character. Oh. Is he? Well, Mobius. I don't know anything. I don't know anything about him. Wait a minute! Isn't there a Batman character that's literally called Batman, and it's like a man bat, and he's sort oh, of man? a vampire? He's the man bat. Yeah, man, man bat. bat. Yeah, yeah, man bat. Yeah. Oh my god, that reminds me. <laughs> Is he all pissed off? I. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> why? You call Batman? I'm, I'm literally ba a man I'm bat. I'm literally <laughs> a Batman. That's stupid, Batman. You're an asshole. <laughs> That's the only reason he's pissed at him. Yeah, that's took my name that's and it. flipped it. Yeah. That drove Damn him to become you. a supervillain. That and he was a giant bat. Yeah. I had I had uh records when I was a kid of, you know, Superman, Batman stories and and the one I had for Man Bat was like scared the hell out of me as a kid. It was like really like the way Man Bat like killed these like security guards at whatever place was just like brutal and scary for like a four-year-old you know sure so i was uh i'm still a little trepidatious about man bat so i think this is why man bat has never made his way into the movies so even I though i right. mean taylor lautner's man bat would be amazing so i'm hoping <laughs> i'm fingers crossed for the next movie so. um the the uh well, we'll get into it later, but the animated series that came out of this from in the uh, the a year later, or no, three years later, two two, two, years, two later. years later, yeah, yeah. The episode that debuted was called "On Leather Wings," and it was about the man bat, and uh, it man was bat. um it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Holy we're, shit. we're gonna we're gonna talk about the animated series uh, a little little it deeper in here. When yeah, we get to hour six of this uh, episode. <laughs> Holy we're shit. really tearing along so far. <laughs> we barely got into the <laughs> casting process. Yeah, we're Who three, else is we're three people into this. Movie. Yeah. Jack, Jack oh Palance. Well, look, yeah, we don't we don't have to like spend a huge amount of time, but basically we've got Jack Jack uh, Palance Palance. How, how do you pronounce that? Jack Palance, Kim Bosinger. Yeah. <laughs> so Jack. I always, I always Robert. Well, <laughs> you got me guess. <laughs> 
They got me second guessing. Uh, Palance, I've never heard of that before. I always thought it was Palance. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Palance. Jack Palance. I don't know. Rolls off I, the tongue. I, I thought it was Why are you Palance. Making but... shit All right, it could right be now, right. John. Could be right. Uh, Jack P. <laughs> Jackie P. <laughs> yeah. Jackie P. And Kimmy B. Uh, and he's he's Carl Grissom, who again was was based on uh, what's the gangster character that's in um, the me? Oh, okay. Falcone. One of those. Yeah, Fal- Falcone. yeah, yeah, Falcone. Oh, Falcone. Yeah. So I think he's based on that character, but technically it's a new one called Carl Grissom, uh, who is the boss of Jack Napier. What's his name? Jack uh, Napier. 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 Yeah. Napier. Yeah. Isn't he that... was named after Charles Napier. Yeah, that's from, what I was from the Batman say. TV show. Yeah. yeah. Wait, Napier? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Jack Napier. Napier? Yeah. Not Napier. 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 You're saying, Are you saying it, it like Napier? <laughs> like he's French? Like Napier. Napier. Yeah. It's not Napier. What the hell are you talking about? Are we all saying the same thing? I, I feel like everybody has said the same name. You guys are saying Napier. Times. And I'm like, Napier. Napier. This is the best episode we've ever done. <laughs> Jack Napier, though, is an alter ego that was created, I think, for the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. I don't know. Not, Who are we talking not, about? I can't he's not the, identi- the name. He's not the identity of the Who Joker. Who the hell are we comics. talking about? Correct. Jack yeah, Napier. Is, yeah. Oh, Jack Napier. Um, uh, so we've got Michael Michael Goh, right, as, as uh, Alfred, and Pat Hingle as Commissioner Gordon, and the amazing Billy D. Williams as... Uh, as who? As, Billy D. Billy D. As what would become Two Face? Harvey Hercules. Hercules. Sorry, I said, I said the wrong yeah. reference. Real quick, uh, I just wanted to throw in: Has got... everybody noticed that Pat Hingle only has nine fingers? Is that? Does everybody oh, know this? Did not that. notice that because I've seen this movie, no lie, hundred and fifty times. But I watched Elmer Gantry not that long ago. Look, I don't want to get too far off base. We've been doing this for hours. But I watched Elmer Gantry Why not stop that long now? ago. <laughs> and there's a story that Pat Hingle was supposed to play Elmer Gantry. And Elmer Gantry was, you know, one Burt Lancaster and Oscar. It was a big movie. But on the way to, like, audition, Pat Hingle was doing a show on Broadway. He had some sort of mishap where he got caught in an elevator and then fell down the shaft and got real injured. And he lost one of his fingers. And so, ever since then, whenever Wait, Pat that's all, he, something, he fell down an elevator shaft, and all that happened was he lost a finger. He, he no, he got like he broke his ribs, yeah. and he had a lot of he fell like fifty feet. <laughs> Holy but the, shit. Only, the lasting Jesus. thing is that he only he lost one of his pinky fingers, and so like in in this movie you don't see it much, but at the beginning at the craps table and that that scene you can see he distinctly doesn't have a pinky finger, and I wow. never noticed this huh. until recent years. Pat Hingle. Fun fact. <laughs> there you are. I'm. I. I really. Wa- I have that like circled, and I wanted to throw it. I'm never gonna be able to watch this. Watch the movie and again without looking at that. I gotta finger. look that up. I'm telling so, you. So, so Pat Hingle and Michael Go are the only actors that make it all the way through the the four part uh, series Batman series through the '90s. Right. They're the, the only actors. Yeah. The quadrilogy. Are they in all four movies? Yeah. They are. Yeah. yeah. Although I think they have Pat barely. Pat Hingle, I think, has one line in Batman and Robin. Like there's, that's it. There's but... four of these movies, and he's well, still the... Commissioner Gordon the whole time. Yeah. The Gordon two, has nothing to do by the, the end. two Tim Burtons and the two um, uh, what you call it? What Joel a... Schumacher. Joel Schumacher films. Schumacher. Yeah. What? Schumacher. <laughs> it's funny. Miss Tessmacher. Miss Tessmacher. <laughs> what? <laughs> Joel Schumacher. Oh my god, would been great. Uh. It's hard to. It's funny to think that yeah, it, Commissioner Gordon and Batman they're they're intertwined. Like why? Oh wow, we had less, less and less as we got on. Yeah. It was just Batman doing stuff. Like, yep. Yeah. 
non-essential characters, I guess. The only other actor I wanted to throw in is the great William Hootkins. I don't want to sleep on Hootkins. Oh, don't don't you dare. And uh, Eckhart. Yeah. And this was always my thing. This was another thing that I always kind of never realized is movies I saw a million times that uh, William Hookins plays Porkins in Star Wars. Yeah. And then also pops up in Raiders of the Lost Ark as one what? of those guys at the yeah. beginning. The... And he's Eckhart. And I saw these three movies he's again. Porkins? Hundreds yeah. of times. And that's the same guy. And I never realized it. Yeah. So, he, wow. Yeah. You would not know that it's the what? same guy, but he looks sure completely is. different. Yeah. 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 Oh, and he's, he's, a, a, he's a thespian. Batman. He's, he's a, a thespian. Yes. Oh, he is. Master he... thespian. Disp- yeah. disappears in the role holy shit he also <laughs> appears in superman 4 the quest for peace oh nice. <laughs> amazing hootkins was everywhere what oh, did he do hootkins get it done yeah, he's, re- he's very effective he has all 10 fingers i think, <laughs> I don't think. let's check that. um so billy d williams as harvey dent now that that's interesting knowing where that character goes and yeah. when he signed up for the movie it was sort of in his mind with the intention that this is a setup for a later movie where he's going to play Two-Face. That, as we know, did not happen for Billy D. Right. Why didn't it happen? Just because Tommy Lee was a bigger deal? I don't know, but, you know, by the the time they rolled around to that character, it was 1995. Tommy Lee Jones was a much bigger name at the time. and It's like, we got a new Batman. Let's get a new Two-Face. Yeah, I think uh, they kind of let go of any of the old deals, so. Because there's no Harvey Dent in Batman Returns at all, right? No. They didn't recast it or anything. No. And there's really, like, he doesn't have much of a part in this one either. He's just sort of there. Mm -hmm. But with the the casting of Billy D, like, you know that there's going to be, or you assume there's going to be more to that. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe there was quite a small part for Billy D. I always kind of thought they just wanted to pack Star Wars actors in there for some reason. Because you got him and Hootkins. Garrick Hagon's in there, like in a little part at the beginning. So They're all packing them in. So yeah. yeah, all of the stars. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's so that's a you know that's a quite a cast right there. Um, now let's talk visually. So, Ooh. so as we've kind of spoke about previously, we take a, a deep and dark turn with with uh, the visual style in this. So we're moving away from the gray and blue suit that batman wore to this black leather you know uh, outfit that uh, no actor could possibly move in and probably peed in quite a bit okay (laughs) (laughs) it's true thank you've put too much thought into that (laughs) oh boy the old bat ladder yeah uh yeah but we've got we get dark and moody kind of all across the board uh, with Anton First's uh, gothic-style production design and uh, just taking a much, you know, I think, Joe, you were talking about it before, the the taking essentially New York City and making it this sort of alternate version uh, the, with with a gothic twist in there and, and the dark, you know, uh, mood of new york city in the 80s that it was a violent place like it was it was not i i grew up just outside of the city and i never wanted to go down there it was always like it's nope no one's going to the city like you go during the day right to like radio city and 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 back out and that's it right like you're not walking around and and i remember through the 90s it started to get you know, it started to change and get a little uh a little easier to to walk around down there but the 80s was with uh, Mayor Koch was not. Was once not the kind. Disney store opened, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. The Turned Disney right store around. opened and Disney cleaned up New York. <laughs> <laughs> the M and M's people really yeah. just changed everything down there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but a lot of the visuals were influenced by by Brazil and and uh, the Terry Gilliam film Brazil, and you could definitely see it. And I think yeah. it it is one of the key key elements of why this movie was such a success and really just set the tone for the character immediately. Yeah. I always, I mean, it has that very futuristic look, which, I mean, Brazil is weird because even though it is this, you know, science fiction-y fantasy, it's not an overly fantastic future. It is just very stylized. But, like, it looks like a lot like Blade Runner. Like, it has that sort of elements of it. Um, just, be, I think, but just because it's so dank and everything seems so wet, you know, and it's just sort yeah. of like, that's what it feels like. But yeah. There's, like, reading... pipes and smoke and dripping water and... yeah. But like I never thought of Brazil until I had read that like this was one of the things that they had pointed to, and I was like, oh yeah, it does look a lot like Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Danny Elfman's score, Ooh. huge, Ooh. huge. Best. Yeah. Best. I mean, some of the best. One oh. of the best, uh, you know, movie themes of all time. Yeah, it's like an opera. Like it's really mm-hmm. amazing. What like how it how that the score carries that movie in a very, yeah. very Star Wars kind of way, like. Right. Uh, and it, oh, go ahead, David. Well, I was gonna say, yeah, it 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 supplements or complements the visuals so well, like just the that that gothic nature and the 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 towering, you know, uh, buildings and and interiors and everything is larger than life, and like that's what this score does, and it's uh, yeah, it just it's right there with it. It it absolutely follows the visuals so well. That that opening sequence of the, the title sequence I'm talking about. So where you just yeah. all you're doing is hearing the score and you're f- flowing through these like stone or like iron kind of hallways or pathways. You don't really know where you're going or what's happening, but it's setting the tone and really like settling you into the movie mood wise. And then it just, you know, it finally pulls back and you see the Batman logo and then like it all comes to the crescendo and, and it's just such a great moment. I mean, it's such an important moment really like just stamping that this character's here. This is a new version. Forget everything you've seen. This is a reset. Right. Yeah. And it's, there's, it's so important. Yeah. There's no time for that. Batman, uh, Batman 66 stuff. No Adam West stuff. Like this is a whole other thing and get ready get ready yeah <laughs> and that and that theme you know that they carry that into the animated series and it it, it it with the the style and direction of this movie with the animated series like again it continued to define batman for for decades so um it, it, you know this is like oh man that score's so good <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just yeah i watching it again watching the movie again i was just like oh i love this <laughs> this is yeah. so good i didn't even know how good it was at the time like when I first saw it, I had no idea what I was getting into. I think it was somewhat underappreciated in its time. Like yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't like a, I don't think the movie was nominated for best score. Like it wasn't an acclaimed score. No. Uh, I don't think Elfman had that sort of cachet. He had done like Beetlejuice and he did uh, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but, and, and you can see it like very similar. I mean, he's still coming um, off Oingo Boingo really right. at this time. Right. But he also did the Simpsons theme, right? And that's the mm-hmm. same year. So like 89 is big for Elfman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but With like, but I don't think he was con- scores. Right. But I don't think he was considered like a major composer of film scores at that point. So maybe right. it, it didn't quite get the appreciation that it deserved. Yeah, but but really like this was, I think, 
one of the first movies to release two soundtracks or one score by Danny Elfman and then the Prince soundtrack. Ooh. Yeah. So that's so that's huge and had them on cassette. Oh, yeah. did you? Oh. Yeah, absolutely. That dance. Oh. So, yeah. all right, here's here's <laughs> goddamn. For me, one thing that I I never loved about the movie and it's probably the only thing I I didn't love about it is Stop that it. Prince uh, soundtrack. It's what? Just, it's it's like Prince What's is great. Prince is a genius. We all know that. It just it, it takes me out of the movie. I always found it like too much and distracting. It dates the movie a lot. I'll give you yeah. that. It, feel, it makes the movie feel like an '80s movie when otherwise it feels like kind of a movie from the '40s or you know it feels like an old old oh, movie sure, with all that sure. design. But yeah, it's I, I get it. The Prince music just doesn't seem to fit the tone of the of the score, right? Like it's they're they're just they feel to me I like two I, separate things. Uh, yeah, I like that Jack Napier is a Prince fan and he plays the music when he trashes that museum. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I still like, do oh, really like those prince. songs. Like that's cool, right? Yeah. He's he's kind of hip, right? The yeah. songs like on their own are fu- are totally fine. Like no issue with that. It's just the mix of it, and in it that, that weird that museum sequence, it just is like, you know, he was to me like he was so dark and and like scary at that time, and then the dancing around the museum with the boombox and like it, it just. I don't know. It took me out. Uh, he's kind of—he's a goofball all the time. He's homicidal, like we know that. I, I don't know. Sure. I think this is a—it's a way to. I, yeah. All right. Well, it, you know, your mileage may vary. I can see it. Like I, I can I see it. that logic. I—I I do think yeah. it mixes kind of badly, but it is still like I like the songs and. You know, I think that helps. And I wasn't a huge Prince fan. Like this, my my Prince at the time was just this. So I don't think um, I knew who Prince was back then. Like I think I think we missed when Prince was great, right? Because we're just yeah. a little too young. I mean, I remember Purple Rain. Purple though. Rain. That was yeah. a, like yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that, that playing shit. on HBO and all that stuff when yeah. I was a, a kid. I never like sat down and watched it, but I recognized the music. I recognized Prince and obviously who he was. As, as a musician. But, I just think yeah. when that stuff was new, I was too young. Like, I think Purple Rain came yeah. out in, like, 84 or 85. So, like, I was just a little too young to really get into it. And then Prince didn't really put out anything until Batman after that. So, right. um, I think as that's I've, why I, I didn't have that sort of appreciation. As I've learned on this podcast, John and Brent could have been in the theater when Purple Rain came out. And I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was watching <laughs> I was watching well, uh, yeah. the Smurfs. And you're like, yeah, no, I saw the Pretty sure Jan- John's great. grandma took him to see Purple yeah. Rain. Oh, First movie God. I saw in theaters was Platoon, you know. Like, oh, hey, my. Oh, that, that, that does <laughs> remind me. Batman is in my grandma collection. I was going to say, oh, is, it, yeah. is it in Gam Gam's collection? Yep. I, yep. I, yes, it is. Yep. Took me to see it. One <laughs> and, Batman and Batman Returns. Nice. But, all right, listen. You throw okay, If you could throw in the Bad Dance video right now, wouldn't you watch it from beginning to end and think this is the greatest thing I'm watching ever? Probably, yeah. Like, it's so good. Like, oh. Uh, David's actually doing the bat dance but, while but he's talking about it. That dance video is so crazy. It it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. If anybody can see, if they could see us right now, yeah. David's doing amazing things. It's going to be the yeah. first thing we release on Patreon. That dance is incredible. Yeah. I can't oh. believe we haven't mentioned that you're made up like Prince right now with the yeah. half Joker and I the half, the half Batman. I do the half Joker. Yeah. yeah. What I look like. it looks we're, all, we're all dressed up as different Batman characters right now. Yeah. Poison Ivy was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Uncomfortable. <laughs> Ugh, sorry. <laughs> um, 
All right, so let's kind of get into the meat of the story here. I I, I think yeah, what's let's. the movie about? Yeah, so <laughs> Batman. <laughs> so there's a guy. The let's there's, get into the meat. Yeah, there's a guy named Bruce Wayne. We're fucking with the potatoes, man. <laughs> Why are we still talking about William Hoodkins? <laughs> oh my god. So as far as the origin story goes. I mean, I think I, I really loved how they, they did it. It really felt the, the way they shot that sort of flashback scene to his parents being shot was always like really got to me as a kid. It was very disturbing as a what, nine, 10 year old. Um, I thought they really just nailed it. You know, we never got a yeah. Batman origin story for the, we never needed one for the Batman 60s show. And you really sort of at this point, had to be a pretty big follower of the comics to, to really know about it, right? It wasn't something that was referenced that often. Yeah, yeah I don't know how common knowledge it was. Yeah, yeah I mean, this was... I remember seeing it that this was the first time I actually, like, really thought about how he became Batman. Like, he was yeah. always just Batman. I mean, really, I don't think they've actually done the origin that many times, right? I mean, even they reference it in other things, but on the Gotham TV show they do it. But, again, he's a kid. You have to have him as a kid for it to really work its way in, right? It's pretty much referenced, like, it's referenced in the uh, Batman Forever quite a bit. And then... Where it's not Jack Napier, right? Isn't it supposed to be, like, somebody else in that one? I don't know. Uh, I don't remember. It's been so long. Yeah. But, like, you know, and then... Yeah, I don't know. And then we saw it in, you know, of course, the Nolan. And then we saw it. It keeps coming up. It's been, right, I mean, it's been I mean, it co- sense. Yeah. Right. I just mean that it's not part of the mainline thing. Like, we're not no. starting with that. And then As, oh, 20 years later, he's Batman. You know? it's not, right, right. Yeah, it's not like we have to do the origin story every time. But they do reference the... I knew that Dick Grayson's parents died in a horrific circus accident. Because <laughs> yeah, those of my are, those are terrible. On, because those... of my book on tape. <laughs> I had no idea... How what happened to Batman's parents? Because that was too dark. Those <laughs> circus accidents, those are tough. Those are tough to come back from. They were trapeze artists. Yeah, you know, it's tough gig. Terrible fail. <laughs> it's tragic. But it's a big uh, part of the book. Yeah, really, really. Uh, I don't know. One of the most memorable moments for me is the first time seeing it was was that sequence of of what happens to his parents, and that really stuck with me. Great job of casting somebody who looks like a young Jack Nicholson too. Yeah. 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 Whoever that guy was hats, hats off. Uh, hello. <laughs> um, All yeah, props so. to that man. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, then when we see Batman for the first time, really portraying him almost like a monster was also probably something that was much more out of the dark Knight returns, right? Where he's sort of, has that kind of energy not that uh not that he is a monster or anything but it is it is funny though like his first appearance on in the film as batman like he you know he just he's got his arms up and he's got the cape up and he it's a little it's a little funny a little cheesy kind of like he's just trying to be like this big imposing guy but he's just a guy in a suit like and he floats (laughs) you know but you know and it's happens a couple times (laughs) and he's just no, he's not as scary. He's just sort of a, he's just this guy. <laughs> but, but that's colored by 30 years since, you know, of, of Batman being a, a badass 
kind of guy. See, I, I think this points to that Dracula thing I was talking about, where it seems very, like, posing. Like, it's yeah, very much, yeah. like, more of a figure, Ooh. like, to be this yeah, intimidating thing than anything else. And Look that feels me. very much like this was the, this is a director twist. Like, we really want to hammer this idea to be just this scary figure as opposed to a real ass kicker, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and then we see the mirroring sort of origin story of the Joker where we, we spend quite a bit of time. I always felt like we spent a lot of time with Jack Napier, uh, really like seeing what he's like before coming, becoming the Joker. And, you know, he's doing, I think Jack's doing sort of a good job of like, almost like auditioning for a God, a role in the Godfather, you know, just, <laughs> a, just like, like a good solid gangster right there. And, yeah. uh, uh, who's double crossed by, by Grissom. And, um, yeah, great performance and great. I, 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 how often are we reference or do they reference a Joker origin story? Do they ever get into his true backstory? That's part of the characters that you never know, right? His, his true origin's never been revealed. They, they they have versions of it, but the Joker's not a. There's no definitive story. They've done it a couple times, yeah. like and sort of a. This is the more accepted thing, but like in the comics, there's technically three Jokers. Like it's I don't know really. <laughs> Yeah, do tell so, David. I, I I don't know I don't know anything about it, but there's <laughs> one of them's but... played by Joaquin Phoenix. One's played by exactly. No. Yeah. Um, um, but how, do you feel like this version of the like Joker's origin is ridiculous and over the top, or do you buy it? Looking back at it now, I mean, you know, they, it's a little bit of a stretch because you don't get a ton of him being like a psychopath, but like they they keep telling you that, and then it happens, and then. You know, it's it's a it's a quick it's a short it's a shortcut to get him to be the Joker. You know, that whatever his homicidal tendencies and and all that, uh, they get exacerbated. You know, because even Eckhart's like you're you are too crazy to be a bad guy. So you know, Jack Palance is gonna gonna get rid of you. Grissom's gonna get rid of you because uh, you're too crazy to be a criminal and all yeah. that. So you know, it, it they don't they don't want to spend too much time on like the, the meat of like his the psychology of whatever whatever's you know either any of these characters i think so. but but if you fell into a, a vat of acid yeah would you just come out of it basically okay your hair a different color your skin a different color and you're a lot crazier that's probably all that would happen right i mean yeah <laughs> that's i mean that's no, i mean <laughs> I mean, he's going, you know, he's going the extra mile. I mean, he was probably just homicidal and kind of goofy. Yeah. But you don't see a lot of goofiness. And now the goofiness is turned up to 11. And, uh, but he's still, and the homicidal tendencies are even. Yeah. Now even he looks worse. like a comic book character so he can act like a comic book character. Yeah, I used to go. think like, I used to think like, how did he smile like that? Like, I didn't even realize there's prosthetics involved. Back then. Like, <laughs> no. You just thought it was like, how Jack did he just do holding it. I thought it was Jack Nicholson. Like, holy shit. How <laughs> Committed. That? Now here's like so so I've gone back and forth with people about Jack's performance as the Joker. Do you feel now again looking at it from 2022? Do you feel like it's over the top, or is this sort of like prime Jack Nicholson? I'm not weighing in on this one. <laughs> David's gonna. I think it's perfect for the time. Like I think yeah. I think he did the part correctly. You know, for for again, I mean, go, going back back to the evolution of kind of Batman and where it goes from. But 
I don't know. I was just sitting here talking about the Joker. I'm thinking about Heath Ledger's performance a lot. And I'm like, man, that's the ultimate, like, I feel like that's the finish line, right? Like now everybody's like, who plays that part from this point forward is going to have to compete with that portrayal. Well, yeah. And, and that's part of the, the evolution of the franchise is the different takes on it. I mean, at the time, Tim Burton's Batman was super serious or it felt serious, even though there's like lighter moments, it felt very heavy and very serious. When you compare it to Nolan's, it's like a comedy. So well, sure. Right. Yeah. Well, like the joke. Yeah. Like that's the thing. I mean, Joker is only <laughs> when Joker shows up in the comics or whatever, it's not like he's funny. Like it's like, Oh, it's a good, it's a goofy good time. Like he's, he's his own guy and he's his own goofiness, but it's not like, lighthearted by any stretch so yeah i mean even this he's he's a dangerous he's a dangerous person and we see that and he shows up everywhere in this movie so you know he goes to vicky vale's house their apartment and somehow she's just staying in town and he needed a phone book to find her that doesn't make sense <laughs> david this is pre-cell phones and whatnot he she was just staying in town as we learned in the early in the earlier scene, and then he wants a phone book to find her. I don't think that would happen. I don't. I don't get <laughs> Maybe it. Maybe she registered really quickly. It took she... me out of the movie. Took me out of the movie. <laughs> like the way you guys say these things take me out of the movie. I don't, I don't buy it. Nope. <laughs> this movie sucks. So the only thing I would say about the Nicholson Joker, as far as like comparing it, right, yeah. is I think it's a neat kind of middle ground between the real wacky comic book joker and then the later kind of heavier jokers right like heath ledger's performance is a better performance hell joaquin phoenix's performance is a better performance and i don't think that's the joker at all like that's just something right but i think as the joker character right if you want to go right with the comic books like the mark hamill joker is as good as it's ever going to get like that's just it but it's so crazy and it's so over the top Mm -hmm. that if you pull that back a little bit i think you end up at the jack nicholson joker basically yeah but he's probably too old, you know, to really be playing that part. I, I think that just gives it doesn't he's not as sprightly as I think a lot of the other Jokers are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that sort of works against the movie a little bit is that he's so much older than than Batman, where I yeah. never get that impression in any other version of Batman that that's the difference, you know? Mm. Yeah, they're much more kind of in, in future versions are much more on the same level here. <laughs> yeah, Jack has been. Jack's been acting at this point already for like 25 years. Yeah. Keaton's been acting for like seven or eight. Right. So, but I mean, I, yeah, I don't think ahead. this was originally the plan. Like, I think they ended up having to change stuff to make this work this way. Yeah. But because of that, then they did manage to cram in the fact that he kills his parents, which originally wasn't, I don't think, part of it either. So, right. Yeah. You know, so it did, it did streamline the plot a little bit, but. Uh, but I, it does still feel like a very different thing than m- almost all other versions of the Batman Joker thing. I've gone back and forth about his performance as the Joker over the years. I, like I loved it at first. And then, you know, through high school and college, I was really kind of down on it. Like just too much, too over the top, too kind of ridiculous. Now I, I watching it this time, I loved it again. <laughs> like, uh, you it's know, enjoyable. Maybe it's yeah. because I, I kind of miss Jack. You know, we haven't we haven't seen him act since two thousand seven or eight. So, yeah. uh, but this is sort of like, it does to me feel like this is the peak of his career. He was never bigger 
popularity wise than than this movie right here. Yeah, we were recently talking about Wolf, um, and I think you look at the stuff he does right after Batman. This is now big box office Jack. It's a yeah. little different than it because he was a huge movie star and he's a great actor, but. After Batman, now he's a huge box office star, which I yep. think is just a difference. And you can see, like, by the kind of stuff he does after that. A few good um, For the next couple of years, you know, yeah. like, for, like, I mean, Wolf isn't a, a, you know, it came out in the middle of the summer, but it wasn't a big hit movie. Mars Attacks is a big effects movie, things like that. Um, then I think it takes a while for him to get back. But you can see, like, you know, the Chinatown sequel is a very strange thing to make immediately oh my God, after yeah. Batman. And it feels like it's almost like, well, now he can do anything he wants. What has he always wanted to do, I guess? <laughs> direct a Chinatown sequel. So, yeah. You know? Yeah. And that one went off the rails. But yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in our Chinatown episode whenever we do that. <laughs> Don't do a two Jakes episode. <laughs> no, we that. can't do okay. one just on the on the two Jakes. Well, so. we started with Batman Returns here, so I don't know what the pattern is. Yeah, we start with two Jakes. We go back two years later to Chinatown. <laughs> we do all our franchises backwards. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, now now I feel like I, I love it. So um, it fits though in the in the in the scheme of things. It's not outside the realm of this Burton esque you know, the whole Burton feel of the whole thing right like the performance is very much it fits this sort of because he you know from if you think of the production design the darkness of bruce wayne all of this stuff this like other love story going on and then you just have this like this chaotic character sort of at the, at the side of it and he's not so over the top he's not completely crazy and you know giant things i mean there's there's that design of like you know just the the colorful things that he does and um, you know the the present that he gives her, and it's in the ribbon, and uh, with the ribbons and the and the crayon, like you know, like put this on, and then like you know he's gonna shoot himself, and it just says bang. Like it's all very like it's very Joker in the Tim Burton world. Like I think it it all kind of fits, and I think his performance kind of matches that. I don't think he's, I don't think he's extreme uh, in the sense of what you would might see in a different kind of version of Batman. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know. But I, you know, we're doing. Tim Burton's doing a great job of thematically what's going on here. You've got, of course, you know, the obvious theme is the dual identities and the identity crisis between not only Batman and Bruce Wayne, but also the Joker and Jack Napier and the shift of their personalities and, um, you know, wrestling with that. What's the real version of themselves? You know, is it is is he really Bruce Wayne or is he really Batman? I mean, that's that's an ongoing uh, theme for that character always, and it always will be. But I th I think they did a good job of balancing it here, with and and Keaton is like the really ultimately like one of the perfect actors for that role, that you can buy him as as Bruce Wayne as this handsome you know kind of suave. Uh, you know, millionaire, and then he—he's the one who institutes the voice, right? Doesn't he come up with the the gravelly voice when he's Batman? Yeah, I think they wanted he wanted to do something different because he was concerned that it would be too obvious that he was that that Bruce Wayne was Batman. So yeah. he came up with that voice, which which did give us the crazy Christian Bale Batman. Voice, <laughs> yeah, ultimately, yeah, yeah. So, swear yeah. to me, <laughs> and the Ben Affleck one too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all, now it's a staple. All of so. them. Yeah. yeah, everybody. Yeah. yeah. You have to disguise your voice. 
Everyone will know who you are. Otherwise, they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, this, this movie is probably a little more violent than I think people were expecting at the time. That, that shift again from the campy 60s one with the pows and the zaps and the, you know, like that kind of style of fighting. And now you've got people getting thrown in vats of acid and thrown off of cathedrals and like, yeah. you know, um, when, when I remember when, when, when the Joker shoots Bob, who's played oh. by Tracy Walters, uh, another, you know, actor has been in a million films in the seventies and eighties, but yeah. uh, when he shoots him, it was like, man, like he just shot his number one guy. Yeah. yeah, ruthless. <laughs> yeah, yeah was... there's a lot. I mean, Batman kills a lot of people in this movie. They always oh, say, yeah. oh, Batman doesn't kill people. He blows up Axis chemicals and kills everybody in there. Everybody. Like, yeah. Yeah. In there. He's so. knocking guys off the top of the cathedral. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Batman just kills. Like, Indiscriminate murder. Doesn't care. Hitting yeah. people with the, with the bell at the top of the cathedral yeah. right in the face, you know? Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> you know, they oh, well, Batman's not going to kill anybody. This is a rule in the comics forever. Yeah, yeah. well. Well, out the window in the first movie. He's he's, he's not using a gun, but yeah. he is using everything else. Missiles bombs. and bombs. You know, yeah. is, that is the tool of the enemy. Yeah. Which, does uh, that does that carry over into the Humacher versions too? <laughs> uh, I don't what not using a gun or the violence? The well the, the Batman don't. killing. Because I'm sure it does into Batman returns because I think I feel like he kills I feel like he, he kills henchmen. He doesn't kill yeah. anybody in Nolan verse, but no. does he kill anybody? Yeah, in returns, I don't know. He's in in returns, he kills that one guy with the dynamite. That's the only one I can remember. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah he kicks the guy down the. Yeah, but that's the, the only one I can remember though. In Batman Forever, I mean, he's fighting a lot of uh, a lot of henchmen, a lot of goons. Yeah, yeah a lot of goons. A lot of goons. Yeah. We just don't see where their final landing spot is. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We don't. We're not tracking them back to the ER. We're flipping. Spinal we don't fractures. see them land on spikes. Get the head counts on this, guys. We got we to gotta figure it out. Yeah. Well, that's what Batman and Robin was. It led right into e episodes of ER. Yeah, so that's right. Go yeah. to the trauma center and yeah. Yeah. with Clooney. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> Batman with a gun. He'd be just crushing dudes all the, all the time. Just, yeah. <laughs> just come and kick that guy, but then shoot that guy. You know? <laughs> It'd be so much easier if he could just Why doesn't them. he carry a gun? I feel like all his... like. In in the later movies, like why doesn't he? His his vehicles have weapons that like yeah. shooting weapons oh, yeah. and, and oh, missiles yeah. and all sorts of shit. Like he, why doesn't he movie. just carry a gun? He, I mean, he was yeah. I don't know. He like, just, why, what? It's a weird why rule. Why yeah. Doesn't make Shoot a lot a of sense. Because well, justice, do, just do, I'm all about justice. Do any of the yeah, if superhero? I have to chase you, f that I'm shooting you. But do any superhero characters actually have guns? Well, most of them have powers, so yeah. they don't need guns. But yeah. I'm trying. To, who's like a, like Iron Man has not exactly good he missiles. He's got, and the, shit. Yeah. He's got the, the thing. He can yeah. kill anybody. Yeah. You imagine he blowing that that repulsor blast. Yeah. I mean, a, the Punisher. I guess just, if you consider him a yeah, hero. Punisher. Yeah. But he's not really a hero, right? In the no, same he's sense. sort of a vigilante. He's yeah. a garbage person. Yeah. yeah. He's a garbage. <laughs> garbage. He's a garbage man. Hawkeye. Hawkeye has a bow and arrow. That yeah. Not a gun. Oh well, Black Widow has that gun. Yeah, all right. That's so there's true. a lot of guns. The, the big Avenger scene where they're all turning around and they all got like, and she's got a gun. Yeah. Do you think if, hey, if Thor like wait. electrifies you with a, with lightning, do you think most people are going to survive that? I don't Guys, that's, that's, no, all not at all. that's all Marvel, though. Oh, that's true. Okay. So, 
Oh yeah, yeah Aquaman doesn't have a gun, but he has a trident. No guns. But he's, you know. What if Aquaman had a gun? Oh my, a gun that could <laughs> shoot underwater. Oh, awesome. Oh. Pew, glub glub. Dude, Dude. Dude. I want to pitch that. Oh, Aquaman uh, with a gun. And then Wonder Woman would have an invisible gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you like, wouldn't see it coming. Oh man. Oh, You've got it. characters that run really fast that mm-hmm. they can flash with a gun. Oh my God. Do flash don't need no gun. He'd outrun that gun. Oh, yeah. true. They could do stuff underwater. They've got invisible planes. They've got power rings that can do really cool stuff. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense that all his vehicles have these weapons, but he's like, I'm not. Well, he uses uses, a batarang. He's using them against objects, not people. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you need a Gatling gun for an object? You know, open up a door. Yeah, you got like when he, he fires that row of bullets so he can drive yeah, into the, into the oh, okay. never never to hurt people. He no. busts through the access chemicals and there's 50 guys with guns right there. I'm like shooting at his yeah. car. Like nope. Let's he's blow like, it up. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a bomb, kill all of you. <laughs> Bye. See ya. How about the that's, uh that's the Batmobile? How awesome was the Batmobile? Awesome, Oof. amazing, so right? So cool. Oh. I had a poster of the Batmobile with its like statistics. Like I think I had that same poster. Statistics. Did you really? I think I did. Yeah. It's a horizontal. It's a horizontal. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. And it had like stats about like how fast it can go. Yeah, I think I had that same poster. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's neat. I mean, it was the Batmobiles for the most part have always been cool. Even the '60s one was like at the time that was a cool car. Yeah. At a lot of uh, there's a car museum in in LA that that has several of the Batmobiles and uh, it's they're, they're really awesome to see and nice. Now they're like more like tanks than anything yeah. in the newer yeah. movies. That's yeah. the the thing. You get, you I remember they, the Dark Knight Returns for that. It's a, I, pretty much a tank in that comic. Yeah, I I remember when I remember when Dark Knight or it may have just been Nolan's first Batman. Um, when that released, they actually had that Batmobile sitting outside AMC theaters, you know, like, so when yep. you go, Dope. you just like, Whoa, it's like right there. It's the tumbler. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, it, this is, uh, I don't know. There's so many things I, I really, I love about this movie. I mean, oh. there's, there's so many things that work about it. Uh, and, and it had such a huge impact you know, that year and, and then going forward. So this is sort of the rebirth of the superhero characters and, and would eventually lead to, well, it immediately led to the animated series. So you can point to the style of Batman really sort of be, had it had its relaunch with this movie with Tim Burton's 1989 Batman. And every version after that is a different version of that dark character, that dark gothic kind of look, all of it, uh, you know, every version since then. So this is uh, sort of the the real birth of the character, but to that degree. But um, the animated series coming out uh, within two years of this movie was huge. I mean, I, I remember coming home from school every day, or I can't remember what days it was on, but uh, yeah, it was... Five days a week. Yeah, right? Monday to Friday, right? Absolutely. Like 4, 4 p.m., 4.30, something like that. On, the, on your Fox Kids animated, yeah, yeah. Every, every day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just an amazing series. I think to this day, it still work, works incredibly well, kind of like the, the X-Men series that came out in 92. Totally and, holds up. 
Totally, right? And and yeah. and you get you really get to dig in with these characters that in ways that you can't do in the in the feature films. Mm-hmm. And especially when they started to go sort of in a different direction with Joel Schumacher that you still had the animated series and a serious take like the Mr. Freeze storyline in Oh. Heartbreaking, oh. right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and they all had it. You know the the like all the the silly characters from the the sixties version. You got the serious version in the animated series. It's funny. I didn't. I never watched the animated series at all because I oh. think it. When did it come out? When did it start coming out? Like ninety two. Ninety. Yeah. Ninety one. Ninety two. Yeah. Fall, yeah, man. Fall of 92. So, yeah. so I was like, that's when I was in. Had started high school, and so you know, like we would go home and we were watching like. Jeez, really. We were watching, yeah, like we were, oh. we were watching. <laughs> yep, I'm old. Sorry. Thanks, David. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, was, I was still a child. I, think, I was feeling. four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, well, you're not, you're not going to watch daytime cartoons at three no. o'clock. No, well, we were. We were watching, but we were watching like Ren and Stimpy and Beavis and Butthead and shit like that. Makes sense. You know, so like we weren't, we weren't really watching. 92? Yeah, man. Okay. In 92, I was like doing acid and like smoking pot and watching Ren and Stimpy. Freaking, yeah, man. I was a messed up freshman in high school. Oh, I used man. to have all sorts of issues, dude. Like I cleaned up my act a lot. But, oh, fair enough. I thought yeah, you were, I thought I'd you were. Over, I'd go over to my buddy's over. house. I'd drop a bunch of acid and watch freaking Ren and Stimpy, man. Wow. In 92, I thought you were a, young, a year younger than you are. Or. Uh, never mind doesn't matter that's cool <laughs> uh yeah that's what oh man yeah uh, uh yeah 92 is when it came out they did like uh 85 episodes and then they like started doing stuff like they made it like batman and robin because robin yeah. was in the original series and then they like focused specifically on robin and they just kept making them and then they like did a superman show and it just kept they just kept doing this little universe and kevin conroy was our 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 titular batman uh starting in 92 and f- for 30 years <laughs> kevin conroy is the voice of batman yeah he's really the longest running batman he doesn't do it for every batman project but he's still he's yeah. in a lot of them yeah like they well like yeah like much of the you know dc now does a lot of um dc warner brothers do animated movies shows whatever mostly movies and like yeah there's definitely different people that play batman um but like you know kevin conroy and mark hamill came back to do the their characters for the video games that the the arkham the arkham games that they Mm. did um and they were incredible great performances and it it, and it's just so funny to think like they do these things and they don't necessarily that it's not all the same universe but they're informed by what they had done for the cartoon or whatever. Like it's, yeah. I, I just love that idea that it's all connected, but it's not. So you can just sort of, you can just kind of lean cool. in, you know, I kind of yeah. like that. He yeah. pops up as live action, Bruce Wayne in crisis on infinite arts too. Sure does. Which was Kevin amazing. Conroy does. Yeah. Conroy does. Never, see, never see Conroy live action. So I was like, wow, it was amazing. He plays well, old Bruce Wayne. He plays he, old Bruce Wayne. Suit. That's like, amazing. He, oh, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I love that shit yeah so so let me ask well two two questions the first being who's your favorite batman bruce wayne <laughs> oh david john paul valley <laughs> my what, what do you mean who ever, anyone who's ever portrayed out of, out of batman all ever? the actors that have played batman that you've mm-hmm. seen yeah. 
what's your personal favorite? I'm Kevin. probably going to say Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Kevin Conroy. I'm, I'm going to go Keaton, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I oh. think I'm still with Michael Keaton too. All right. I've watched yeah. too many. I've watched too many of the cartoons. Played too many of the video games. Kevin Conroy is my bad man forever. Yeah. Uh, it forever. I mean, I'm. I again have no real interest in the current run of DC movies. Like I don't the Justice League or none of these movies are any good. But the fact that Keaton's coming back for the Flash movie is that's all I'm looking forward to. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. got to see this thing. That'd be awesome. It's awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about Joker? Who's our, who's your uh, who's everyone's favorite Joker? I mean, I'm going Heath Ledger. I'm gonna go Heath also. I mean, listen, Heath with Ledger's Mark great. Hamill close behind. But again, I didn't like. I missed the window. On you the wouldn't know. Yeah. yeah, you don't know. I mean, I know that it was hugely popular, but it was like I just barely missed it. You know. Yeah, if it's not in your real, like if yeah. you're not paying attention to these things. But yeah, I mean, uh, no, Mark Hamill all, all day. Every yeah, day. I'd probably go with Mark Hamill too. All right, there, yeah. there we have it. No yeah. votes for Christian Bale. No votes for Jack. It's crazy. No votes for George shit. Clooney. Are you no, kidding or me? Val? Or <laughs> I still Affleck. think my favorite Batman movie though is Dark Knight. Dark oh yeah. Knight. yeah. Oh, The Dark Knight. Right. I yeah. mean, The Dark yeah. Knight is just a perfect movie. It's like, the greatest yeah. movie. Like, it's yeah. I yeah. mean, but then the third one is gar. Like, I think the third one is garbage. Whatever. What is it called? Dark the Bane Knight? movie. The oh, Dark Knight yeah. Rises. It drives me I don't crazy. Know I don't know if it's garbage. I still like it better than Batman Begins. I'm not a Batman Begins fan. Uh, the like sepia Batman Begins. I just <laughs> I just can't get into that. Come on, we all did the Bane voice for like five years. <laughs> it's the best. You gotta Wait, you gotta how, love that. How does it go, David? Yeah, let's hear uh, it. I don't remember. I don't know. Come on. I don't know. <laughs> you know you practice right before that. Well, I'm not yeah, I do it all I do it every day. Every morning. <laughs> you do it to the mailman. Hello, mailman. Hello, mailman. <laughs> yeah. uh, you have a package for me today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, no, I have trouble with the third one, but I like the first two. So yeah. have have either of you guys seen the Harley Quinn show on HBO? No. The no. Harley Quinn. Har- no. Very, is there a very, show it's like a cartoon anim- it's an animated show it's oh. extremely good <laughs> like, i bet if i had watched the animated batman series i probably would have watched the <laughs> well and the animated I, series gave us harley quinn which is, has become an iconic character um hmm. for the is that where she years. came from she wasn't yep. in the comics she came from Correct. the Oh, that's exactly. cool. Yeah, she was created that. for the. She was a you know a, a, she was a partner to the to mr j uh the joker and they have, and then she's now been integrated into the mainstream DC universe, and um, she shows up in all the cartoons and all that. And she has her own show on HBO. Oh, that's cool. She's the lead, and she's it. It that show is it's very adult, and it's hilarious. It's I I oh, can't yeah. speak. High, it takes everything you know about if you like any DC shit, and I think you guys do like DC stuff. Like it takes all this DC stuff, has fun with it, and. And it's very funny and oh can't how much of it is there there's two seasons there's oh, there, oh i can't recommend it highly enough it's right. very good i feel so. like i have to go back and watch like 30 years of batman the animated all the series you, you, yeah. you, you don't first. no you don't even need it because it's no but you should no but you i should. but i feel like i need to do that well you should so good it'll Just be helpful do it. yeah yeah 
just but for the it, sake of it. It takes stuff from the comics, the other movies, the shows. Like, you know, their Bane is in the show. So yeah. they, they take the Bane performance. It's always been in my like periphery. It's just never anything that I really yeah. like, you know. No, it's all it's all, I mean, if you like DC stuff, it's very much DC centric and then yeah. the comics and all that. But then like the Tom Hardy performance of Bane is a it's is lampooned in the show and Bane's in it. And it's just it's silly. It's like, why would Bane sound like that? Like <laughs> Bane could sound like anything, you know? And they picked they picked the Tom Hardy performance. So anyway, and then Batman shows up in it, Joker's in it. It's really great. Batman's nice. played by uh Batman is played by Kevin Conroy. No, uh Wilmer Valderrama. The, the guy, <laughs> the guy from Ashton Drew, Kutcher. The guy from the Drew Carey show. Uh, Drew Carey, the other guy, <laughs> Craig Ferguson. No, the other guy, uh, uh Diedrich Bader. Diedrich Bader. Bader. He plays really, and he plays Batman in a couple of different things. Rex Quando. He plays. He plays Batman. Wow. No, he, wow. and he's great. He's played him. He's played. Uh, he he played him. Uh, Diedrich Bader played Batman in uh, Batman: Brave and the Bold, which is a animated series where it was Batman teaming. It was basically a team up show where he teams up with somebody. Oh. every episode and oh, does stuff cool. like it's like and superman then, and then mr t yeah basically. <laughs> just whoever's around that's and a so whole team the harlem globetrotters show up nice <laughs> yeah. <And then> metal <laughs> arc lemon <laughs> but the, the third season of harley quinn diedrich bader tweeted like uh he's like i the the apocalypse cannot come because we need to make this season because he was reading <laughs> scripts and it's so i mean the first two seasons are hilarious and very good uh, but he and he was just saying like these have to be made so everyone could see them because he just like this is the greatest this is the greatest thing ever and it's very funny it, it's it's very irreverent a lot of fun nice. and it's not a, and it's not irreverent just for the sake of being irreverent it's it's it, it's irreverent while being reverent anyway <laughs> cartoon shows good times uh <laughs> batman Harley so Kong. the the it, we're talking about the, so the movie comes out and it's yeah. massive like the impact the marketing we were talking about earlier. Everywhere you went, there was Batman. There was Batman cereal. There was Batman toys. There was Batman comic books and book adaptations and novelizations. There's Batman plates and cups and Batman's at McDonald's. You can get the movie. The VHS was everywhere. It was uh, it was huge, absolutely huge. You guys, how how well do you remember the marketing? Batman was everywhere that year. It was, yeah, it was everywhere. There's like Tons. 18 video games. So like, there's so yeah. many. I mean, I, I remember that I was, I was, so we were on a family vacation when the movie released and uh, we were like, we rented a, an RV and drove from Houston to, to Florida to visit my, my great grandmother. And so I was not going to be able to see the movie until we got back. And I was so upset that I bought the book because they had written the, you know, the, the book based on the movie. And I read that on the trip because I was like, I'm not going to be the only person on the planet who doesn't know what the hell yeah. is going on in this movie by the time I get back here. Like, that's ridiculous. So, but yeah, I mean, it, you could get everything. Like, it was on everything. Like, the, the they were pushing the book. Obviously, yeah, all the different merchandising things that were out there. I mean, I had the Batmobile, you know, like the little Batmobile uh, toy car and all that stuff. Maybe my brother did. We had it at the house, I know. You know, so I mean, it was it was badass, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I I had the novelization and the comic book adaptation as if I needed both of them. 
Sure. You're like, I can't get enough of this. And the movie, like yeah. all of it. Like how different are these things? But Well, and yeah. if I remember correctly, it was like, so most novelizations of movies that I've read, and there's only been a handful. John, I know you've read a handful as well, but there's usually like, slight differences mm -hmm. you know like there will be a little thing here or there but like a noticeable difference i feel like in the batman one it was like exactly the same from the novelization to the movie so i i didn't want to bring this up before because i didn't want to derail things but I, literally to prepare for this i did reread the novelization oh my god because <laughs> really? when i was i when i was a kid i loved the novelization because again the movie yeah. you know you can't go to the movies every week i was 10 <sighs> right and so i remember loving it but I, it was the same thing. Like I couldn't remember. I remember there were differences, but I remember it mostly just being the same. And I was like, yeah, how different is it really going to be? But it was really just like, there was a couple little things as I'm watching the movie that I'm taking these notes and I'm like, this is from the novelization. This wasn't in this movie. Um, and so if you really want to drill down into nonsense plot differences, I can get into it. But honestly, the novelization is basically the same. It yeah. is right. Like it's yeah. basically the same. There's a couple little scenes that are different. Like Sean Young getting hurt in that horseback thing. That was a scene in the movie Instead of that date that they have in Moyne Manor, they have this yeah, weird horseback riding date. And that's it just replaces it. It's just a different thing. And mm -hmm. I think they just decided to simplify it. Um, and it's just like little things. Like there's there's one whole scene that was cut out that in the novel, it's like, it's the scene where the Joker comes to her apartment and uh, he sends that box ahead of time with the flowers in it. Yeah. And so when Bruce gets there, it, that's already there. And she thinks there's a bomb in it or something. And he like is going to tell her, he doesn't tell her he's Batman like in the movie, but he does take out the belt. Like he has his, he has this, this, the suit with him for some reason. So he <laughs> takes the utility belt out. Yeah. And this is like what tips her off that he's Batman. So in the book, it's not that Alfred lets her into the cave. It's that Got she's it. already sort of figured it out and that's there. And then there's this whole crazy sequence where the Joker kidnaps her and Batman's riding on a horse and there's a statue on that at all. <laughs> it's it's this only one scene is like the one main thing that's cut out, and it's he kidnap he takes Vicky with him. Uh, uh, Bruce then puts on this half-assed version of the Batman suit that he's brought with him, and he's like swinging between buildings like Spider-Man, huh. and then he lands on a horse. There's a statue <laughs> unveiling going on. Wow. I remember be, a statue but, unveiling. Yeah, and it's supposed to be the founder of Gotham. It's John Gotham. Got it. Yeah. But when he unveils it, it's the Joker. And this is what's so a Joker statue. Uh, Batman blows this statue up. And in this same stretch of time, you find out that all the cops have been poisoned. And that's why there's no yep. cops in most of the second half of the movie. Ah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember and that's, that. That's basically it. Like there's a couple other little things here and there, yeah. but there's this one long sequence that as a, I only remembered that there was a part where Batman's on a horse. So when I reread it, I was like, I'm looking for that scene. And I couldn't remember where oh, it was. That's so that's funny. So, we, but I, so I, all I of like, us have, have read the novelization. How great is that? Yeah. So that that should say something about the, the scale and popularity of this movie, though. Like, what other movie, like, can you get, you know, a random group of people together and the majority of them have all read the novelization for a movie? It's crazy. Yeah. For that movie. Yeah. That's, that's how popular it was that year. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, and 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 this had a huge lasting impact. I mean, when you look, if you've never seen it before, looking back at this movie now is going to be difficult because you've got so much in between. You've got all the Marvel movies. You've got all the DC movies too. But 
more importantly, <laughs> the Marvel ones that are really executed like really, really well, the majority of them at least. Um, but there wouldn't be those movies without this. Like yeah, this right. setting the tone, setting the blueprint, uh, really laid the groundwork. And unfortunately, we didn't really get another comic book movie. The Batman franchise sort of took its own direction through the 90s, but we didn't get another Batman or another uh, superhero movie till the till 2000 with the X-Men, right? Blade. Blade, yeah. Blade, Blade yeah. right. Yeah. Blade was great. Yep. Yeah. But as far as a big property movie, I think it was X-Men, right? Yeah, Blade was sort of, yeah. always felt like sort of a gamble, and it always felt like a side thing to me. But I never, I never hit. read the Blade comics at all, so I yeah. have no. I always thought of that as a movie first, right? And Fantastic Four, the the first attempt of that was after the first X Men, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah a few. Years oh, after. I thought I thought you and meant then... the wonderful nineteen ninety four Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ninety four Fantastic, which is the one I I love. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen? I've never seen that. Oh, it's on YouTube. You can just see it. I mean, yeah. they they made that because they were going to lose the rights to the the yeah. property. Correct. Yeah, we not, we covered it on the show just because I really like that movie. But like, you can't. You can never. They never released it, and I don't even know if they've ever released it for sale. I don't think. But I, you can just find it on YouTube. And yeah, it's it's delightful. Like it's just low budget, lousy thing. But they're so committed. Like everybody in it is so like given their all, and it's just yeah. plucky, and it's really fun. Like, That's fun. Yeah can't you can't you can't uh hate on that right no no it'll right? be interesting to see what now that now that i guess oh. i guess disney and fox and and marvel can do a do a take on fantastic four where that where yeah that we'll see go. yeah they could like, do that they could do re reboot the x-men yeah we'll they see can, well, all, of, all of the above why when, yeah. why would why wouldn't they yeah like, i mean Right. If they're if the if the well is a little dry with uh you know the the characters that we've seen and we've been following through Endgame and everything that maybe yeah, but they just keep introducing new characters, man. Well right, like... but I mean maybe the maybe X-Men is the new version of that where you, you really like reboot each of those characters and build it all together. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe. But uh you know, this this movie we've got a million different video games between Nintendo and Genesis and the arcade games. We get Batman Returns, which we covered here uh, in 1992. We get Batman Forever in 1995 and Batman and Robin in 1997. And by that point, I don't know, you know, the, the franchise had gone such a different direction and people were so uh, confused, especially by Batman and Robin and sort of let down by where we are at this point that we kind of pump the brakes on everything Batman after that for a while. Yeah. 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 I mean, when, when the big news coming out of the shoot is like whether or not Batman's suit has nipples, like, yeah, <laughs> not a good sign. Yeah. Like, we're, what are you, what, what's going on? We're talking Eric. about the wrong things. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. not to say, you know, of course, Val Kilmer and George Clooney and, and all of the actors in those movies are great actors, but yeah. I think unfortunately it's, it's, Schumacher's approach, which is, you know, uh, just a different, completely different thing, especially from what Tim Burton was doing, that we're moving back into that campy direction. Yeah, which, a lot of neon and dark lights. And, yeah, it's yeah. Called a kaleidoscopian nightmare. This yeah. is uh, how I define those two movies. Yeah, but, that's fair. 
that's uh, I, I you know but i can't i can't hate on it because it i think because of i think the existence of the old batman show the adam West show it's almost like well you know i'm not saying they're good or anything but i can't say that i this isn't exactly batman <laughs> you know you i think, think it's like i think it's still i think it's still kind of batman like it's just you know be, it's oh, a version of it but it's like a step back right like it yeah it feels, oh, for you sure. know, like yeah after what we've well, already seen like to, yeah. to kind of go yeah. Yeah. um but but I, I it's a different way to portray it you know because tim burton's you know the criminals are it's basically everybody's in the 40s the 30s and the 40s you know yeah, and right. then schumacher just sort of transforms it into campy you know neon and goofy stuff and i don't know i mean i don't think it's I don't think it's too widely different. I just think it's not as cohesive as. Well, I also Martin just don't like the the introduction of like multiple like villains that was there done in in even in Burton's returns. You know, like it's yeah. just not. Oh, oh there's like only a, two. This is look. Yeah, Max but Shrek. even then, like I feel like, what's that? Yeah, don't You're, forget about Max Shrek. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. But I mean, like I just feel like you know that doesn't give any one of the villains. You know. Yeah, sure. No, their, their I, ability to, to. I'll argue that all the way. That that the best superhero movies really just have one villain, and and they're so rare. There's really not that many. So you know, Batman here we get just the Joker, and then in Batman Returns you get three villains with Catwoman, the Penguin, and Max Shrek. You're right, Joe. <laughs> and then you get uh, at least two in Batman Forever with Two Face and the Riddler, and then you get yeah. three... who are the same character because they're both psychotic and goofy. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense yeah. that they're the same character. Yeah. That's the that's the reason that failed. It's because the, the Riddler, the Two Face, is exactly like the Riddler, and they're in the movie together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, remember they're they're zany yeah, yeah. together. Yeah. Like it doesn't yeah. make sense. Like, uh, all right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then Batman Robin, you get three villains again because you get Poison Ivy, you get Mr. Freeze, and Bane is that, in that one. That's so. sad Bane. Bane. Yeah. Well, and they introduce Bane. Batgirl, and it's like, I mean, yeah. there, there's way too much going on. So yeah. many characters. Not enough time for anybody to get any kind of like story like, or character build. I mean, it's just yeah. like, it's a big old mess. And that's but, the problem with the Spider-Man movie, the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies as they go along too. Right. A little too much. Yeah. yeah, well you start right. with the Green Goblin and then you get uh you get what Harry Osborne and uh Doc Ock in the second one and then you've mm -hmm. got I don't know how many in the third and all sorts of other Sand problems. Sandman and all and whatever, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's not really he's not Harry's not really a villain in the second one, so it's just really Doc Ock. Kind of. He's just kind of like alluding to it the whole time. Superman three had four villains. If you're gonna yeah. Superman two had, had four villains, so get you know but well, they were they were like they were a team they were like a corporation they were like an evil corporation well there's like four people and one of them had no dialogue <laughs> are you including that guy in the diner who beats him up <laughs> there's like oh, six villains five. in that movie there's a million villains <laughs> leave pepper martin out of your mouth <laughs> wasn't that guy in the Spider Man two is the greatest superhero movie for for that generation though you can't you know Spider-Man oh, Spider Spider three is is yeah that's yeah. got problems but spider-man 2 like i love spider-man 2 for 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 a decade there was nothing that could beat that like yeah but i see your, your point fair. with the batman movies i think is interesting but that's... to come out of like the two serious ones and then the two campy ones kind mm -hmm. of makes me think of the current batman run too is that like you get the nolan movies are so dark 
Yeah. And then you get these new Batman movies that are terrible, but mm-hmm. the Ben Affleck Batman isn't a bad Batman. He's like bad. he's he's a pretty good character. No. It's but... just he's now fallen into this terrible world that they've created. Well, so and with with a lot of franchises, you have that problem. Like Pierce Brosnan is a great James Bond. Not great James Bond with, movies. Yeah, but not a good not movie, great right? scripts yeah. and not yeah. great movies, but yeah. it's not him as an actor. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with all these movies, no matter who you're talking about, effective actors, they do their job. They, they're there. Yeah. Some of these things are not designed well. Some of them are not written well. Some of them are both. And you know what? You just kind of either, yeah, we we rank them and say, yeah, this isn't really for me. And and we move on. But yeah. well, and, I mean, look at how many Jokers and Batmans have won Oscars. Like, it's almost all of them. Like, it's an amazing thing, really. Right. Like, in recent, in the last you know 30 years yeah so i mean you get quality people you know hell kim basinger won an oscar like i mean there's you know a lot of connected people here jack balance won an oscar are we down to just is it just robert wool and maybe uh yeah robert wool and and william hootkins (laughs) (laughs) they haven't won the oscar yet god yes was really robbed he was robbed hashtag justice lifetime achievement (laughs) lifetime achievements coming though it's about time porkins (laughs) is my all-time favorite star wars character that's it. Yeah. Oh, I, the best. I actually have the figure. Nice. Oh. I've got. I have. A, I have a, a Porkins T-shirt. Is it just as? Is you it, can see the picture on Instagram. Is the, <laughs> is the action figure just his torso? Like because that's all you've seen of the character. <laughs> yeah. It's really just his head, but you gotta like. It comes in a ship. Yeah. You can't, get, can't get Porkins out. <laughs> he's just he's just part of the ship. He dies. Yeah. He's on um, fire. All right. Should we uh, should we talk a little box office glory? You want to see how this movie did? Sure. Let's get into the meat of it, John. <laughs> Have we talked about the plot yet? <laughs> what happens in the movie? What is the movie about, though? <laughs> no idea. Rampant uh, capitalism. An- he's anti-fashion. <laughs> I got anti-fashion. notes. He's anti-art. I don't know what I'm talking about. What is, else you yeah. got, Joe? I want to hear more oh, My notes it. are crazy. What, like, what, 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 I, are I away, Joe? what are the bigger I've got. Uh, is there uh, the, um, <laughs> the sexual <laughs> tension between Carl and Jack? I think is an interesting point. Out. I don't think Jack even likes Alicia. Every scene he's with her, he kind of shits all over. Yeah, he's a bad yeah. person. You know, I think he loves Jack. I think they love each other. And yeah. then Bob loves Jack too. And Jack kills that both. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. It's very. It's a very sexy tension. Yeah. Sugar bumps. I just think that's Sugar a. Bumps. It's a sexy thing. Um, Pat Hingle's nine fingers. Um, what else you got? Let's see. The plot anti-consumerism plot. Because the yeah. plot is very much don't buy this stuff because you're going to it's going to kill you. And I think this yeah. is the underlying theme. Let's yeah, they're selling so much Batman stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's crazy. It's conflicting. They needed <laughs> to sell the stuff to get Jack on board. You know? Yeah. Um, anti-art. He's because Jack is a performance artist and he hates like museum art. You know, so Clearly. they destroy all of that. We have a whole sequence uh, with Prince accompanying us. Right. It's a, great, it's a great scene, by the way. So I mean, there's that. Um, this is the first time I noticed that the exteriors of Wayne Mansion, uh, that they sh- they only show it once or twice, but that's also the exterior for the Mallory Gallery and the Great Muppet Caper, the sequence <laughs> at the end. Never, the I just noticed it the last time I watched it. I was like, that's the same fence, and I had to look it up. And that's- <laughs> uh, so that's in there. Uh, I got some more novelization stuff, but that's mostly it. Yeah. Yeah. I never read them. That, yeah, I did. I You're didn't, the only I one. I didn't, I didn't weigh in one. because I didn't weigh in because I had nothing that I didn't read that. <laughs> oh, you should check it out. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I had a bunch of the novelizations from '89. I had I had Last Crusade. I had Batman. I had Back to the Future too. 
-hmm. there was a novelization of b t yeah t f everything every every there's all the big movies i'm confident i had back to the future 2 and I had Batman Returns too, and I think they're all written by the same person. If I'm not completely are mistaken, they? A lot Craig of them Shaw are... Gardner, I believe, wrote all of those. Yeah, books, I think. him and Alan Dean Foster are like Alan Dean the... Foster wrote a lot yeah. of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. The only novelizations I ever read were Batman, China Syndrome, Terminator Two, and <laughs> and Braveheart. Like I read those oh, nice. three novelizations. Nice. nice. Yeah, I had a word, weird run network. where I was buying novelizations. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think I had they're Sleeping cool. with the Enemy. I don't know why. <laughs> why not? Yeah, that's funny. It was well, like at the like, drugstore. Do they still do them? I don't uh, know. Do they? I don't know. I'm not sure. That seems like a sweet gig, writing a novelization. Yeah, yeah right. You, did, you just got the first draft of the script like 18 months before they yeah. start shooting it. Pretty much. Write a book. Alan, yeah. Alan Dean Foster like took his really seriously. Like he, I, I, I have a lot of his, and I just read Alien, and uh, Alien and the Thing, and he like, it is a different approach. Like it is sort of like he's using the script, but he's telling it in a kind of a different way. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. Well, he was a real writer. I mean, he he also did his own stuff. Craig Shaw yeah. Gardner also wrote, ended up writing their own stuff. So you can see there's little like they want to add a little something of their own. So there's a yeah. little artistic kind of turn on them where you would think it's almost just a straightforward thing. Like I've read the Star Wars novelization that yeah. I think Lucas wrote. Yeah. And like it's just straightforward. There's no there's no art in that at all. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the uh, only novelization I've ever read in my life would have been the novelization of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it was awesome. And it was different. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. it was slightly here's, different. A, here's what we're going to do. An upcoming episode on just talking about novelizations. <laughs> Love it. That's and, what we do. The novelization yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. That's is that the is that the big surprise for the end of the episode? Oh no. no Reconsiderations no. now. Reconsideration. We're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna we find know. out. We gotta get through these box office numbers. But yeah, oh, we're gonna let's get back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bo- yeah, box up. Uh, okay, so the movie uh, shot at Pinewood Studios for the most part in London in October 88 to February 89. Pinewood? Love it. Yeah. Oh, the first sense. one, yeah. All right, I get it. I get uh, it. I'm sure they did some some things at the Warner Brothers uh, studio. Oh, I was going to say, lot, like, but... it almost seems like it should be Warner Brothers. I don't think it is. I don't. I was yeah, a lot think. of the big sets were all at Pinewood. That's That's uh... where you do the big movies, but... Um, it had a budget of that there's, there's various v- stories about what the budget was. It started as 35. I think it ended up closer to 48 million. Uh, so huge, huge budget, very expensive. It opened up June 23rd, 1989 at number one Ooh. against, does anybody remember what it opened up against? Was it honey? I shrunk the kids. You, you nailed it. Honey. Oh. I shrunk the kids. Wow. Nice. Oh, the Rick biggest Moranis. opening weekend of all time, I think, when it opened. Rick Moranis couldn't stand a chance against Michael Keaton. That's tough, man. Poor Moranis. Yeah, poor Moranis. Hey, we that movie him. did all right by itself. Don't it did. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah. Spawned two sequels. So, yeah. you know. Um, it, it had a uh, 40, 40 there's point... more. There's no, a new there's one a coming bunch. out, isn't there? Straight there's to... A... I mean, there, because I think there's a whole, like, <laughs> life you... of, 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 like, straight to video sequels, yep. too, man. Get and there, there was really? a series. Cool. There was a series also. Honey, honey I keep series? blowing up my, my myself. Like, oh, <laughs> honey, I shrunk my my my, my foot. <laughs> honey, honey, I wish. shrunk. I shrunk your sister. Oh no! <laughs> Just a 
bunch of wacky hijinks every day with that <laughs> shrinking machine. Yeah, because like, shrunk the mailman. Blew up the kid. Is that part two? That's three. That's three. What's the second? I forgot. Oh wait! Oh wait! Wait! Shrunk the kids. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Oh wait! No, the second is blow up the kid. The third one's we we shrunk shrunk ourselves. ourselves, We shrunk ourselves. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I've never seen either of those. I just, but I just assume it's a massive classic films. But am I wrong? Isn't Moranis coming back to do a new thing like for Disney or something with Honey with yeah, the, the series? I think I'm not yes. sure, but I hope he comes back for something. I, I mean, his, kid, his kids are, I miss are doctors Rick all the time. He's not raising yeah, they're kids all grown anymore. Up like now. it's time to get back to Hollywood, Rick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. He so doesn't need to, but we want him. We yeah. want you there all the time. Spoiler we, alert: He's not in the Nose Ghostbusters movie. I know it's, it's the sad. one. It's like the one thing for me that's like makes it not a perfect movie. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> but we could hold out for a Strange Brew sequel. So, oh, well, hey, fingers there you crossed. Go. Hey, yeah. If him and Dave Thomas want to do that, I would be absolutely. I, I'm down. Okay, I will fund that Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So, Batman had a 40.4 uh, million dollar opening weekend. What? Yeah, it ended up with a tw- 251 million domestic run, 411 million worldwide. That's enormous numbers at the time uh it was number one of 1989 of all the movies that came out in 89 batman was number one ahead of indiana jones and the last crusade and lethal weapon 2 both of which were ahead of back to the future 2 which in hindsight i would have thought that would have beaten lethal weapon 2 there's too much time in between one and two for back to the future i feel like five years right wasn't it something like four four years years, it's a big four years yeah, it's a it is a big for you. <laughs> it's it's a like, lot happened in the world. Michael Michael J. Fox. We were not the same. Does not look like teenage, um, you know, teenage. Uh, he doesn't look yeah. like a high school senior. Yeah. <laughs> when did When did Back to the Future two come out? Was that in the fall? It was. Yeah, I think it was later right before Thanksgiving. Right? Was it? Yeah. Because I knew there was only a couple months between that and three, but I don't. I knew three yeah. was in ninety. Actually, but I, don't, I can't it, remember when yeah. they came out. It was November. It was the Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, it was like I think it was about four or five month gap between two yeah. and three. Okay, but uh, of the Batman franchise, of all the Batman movies to date, financially speaking, Batman 1989 ranks number five, mm. right wow. between Batman Begins and Batman versus Superman. Mm. Gross. Yeah, gross. 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 So adjusted, it's probably higher. Yeah, I I probably if you adjusted for inflation, right? Right. I'm sure. So what's the number? What's number one? Dark Knight. I believe it is Dark Knight. Yeah. 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 Another. You know. Is there a better movie than The Dark Knight? Right. Other than Spider Verse, I don't know. Spider Verse is awesome. Spider Verse is the greatest. The summer of 2008 though was just awesome. It was just wall to wall awesome. Good, good movie year. That was yeah. the year Joe uh, Joe had crafted a box office pool that I was a part of. That, That's right. That was that we the, did until the year until the coronavirus. We oh, we did that for what was that? Jeez, uh, twelve years, 13, 12 years. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that was the year that 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 was it. That was yeah. Oh, there were so many good movies. That, that was the first pool we did was that summer, and you you won because you had the Dark Knight. I won because but only and I only won because I couldn't pick. Uh, the Indiana Jones. Indiana movie. Jones, right? I would have picked that if I yeah, had. First Indiana Jones that. was taken first. 
and then I, Dark Knight was second. I took Dark Knight second. I forget what was. I think Prince Caspian was picked third. <laughs> oh my god! There were some big mistakes because I was fifth and I got Iron Man at five, so I came oh, in second. Wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a weird pool. That was yeah. a three hundred million dollar movie at that time. Yeah, yeah, Iron Man was this was I think it was second or third because Indiana Jones did about three hundred too. Yeah, I, Iron Man should have been it, but uh, yeah, Dark Knight just but almost was five six five seventy or almost six hundred. Yeah. yeah anyway, we're crushed. talking big money. Big box <laughs> office. Yeah. Oh, 2008. Oh, that was the <laughs> year we I go moved back to there? Chicago. 2008 was the best. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's right. That's yeah. You've been in Chicago longer than I I lived there. So yeah, yeah, uh, I've been here. God, what is that now? Thirteen years. We're getting to the origins, guys. Sorry, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah. You, got, you, you guys the are getting origin the origin story. story. This is how I turned it's into right. this. John this and I talk about our origin story all the time. Yeah, so this, Joe, this is Joe and I grew up in the same town in yeah. in, in Pennsylvania. And right, then, there were no comic book stores in Scranton when we were kids, right? Kids, kids. I don't know. Until I got to high school, yeah, it was comics right. on the green. Because comics right. on the green isn't was downtown, but that was when I was older, like well, thirteen. Yeah. Uh, right. I, I, yeah, How I do you know. not have a comic book store? There's there were you somewhere. say that uh, I cannot remember a, a comic book store. I bet it was there. In my youth as well, I but bet there it was had there. to be one. Where were you, Brent? Where did you grow up? I grew up outside Houston, so I okay. know that there's definitely a comic book store in Houston. But right, and I there I would have had to have gone to a comic book because there was a moment in my life, like in 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 middle school, where I did collect comic books. It was like yeah. three months. <laughs> and I was like, I'm yeah. positive I went to a comic book store during that time. But for yeah. the life of me, I cannot remember anything yeah. about it. Until college, do I, I remember a comic book I store? I used to get mine at the drugstore. Like, yeah. yeah, I was like, always on the spinner rack. With, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. The spinner rack. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no, but sorry, I got them at the grocery store. Yeah. When yeah. I was yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't until college that I was aware of actual comic book stores, of which one of which I worked at. But, oh. Um, no, Jones I had yeah. all sorts of jobs. I was like in eighth grade, I want to say, before I really found a comic book store. And it was way out in Dixon City, like, which is not right in Scranton. It's like, you know, it's like a suburb of Scranton. Oh, I think that one was there for a long time, though. Yeah, I don't remember the name of it, but that was the yeah. first one I really went to. And then remember, you, I used to order, you used to have that order form in the back of the comics, and you could like, <laughs> yeah. you had to send them a money order to get comics. Yeah. That's how yeah. I got comics. Comics coming, the, coming <laughs> through the mail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Damn. Shit. Oh man, we were children yeah. once. Oh boy, <laughs> the origin <laughs> stories. Yeah. We back. were kids once, guys. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is this is what podcasts are. <laughs> nice. Well, if if the box if if the box office ever sorts out, we can start that pool again. But that, that's that's been we've stopped since then because there's no like the movies that come out. There's one big movie a year anymore. Like no one's going to see anything. Everything's so. unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, we can't do it now. Anyway, yeah. um, so yeah. Oh, whew. all these movies. Uh, what were we talking about? What were we talking, we're talking about? about? Let's get in the Honey, I Shrunk it. the Kids. <laughs> Fantastic no, but... Four, 1994. <laughs> we've about. talked about all of it. We've covered. What it. else could we possibly talk about? What okay. What else can we cover with uh, about Batman? I don't know. I mean, there, there's so oh. much. That's the thing is that movie is. It was such a big movie. It was so huge for us. It was our first big movie uh, of our childhood. Followed probably by Jurassic Park, you know, a few years after that. Yeah. But this was the one that we could really connect with because we we missed Star Wars. We just missed Back to the Future. And even that, that as great, Back to the Future is an amazing, amazing movie, but it didn't have the marketing machine behind it. Like there weren't right. Back to the Future toys and video games 
and yeah. comic books. There was a cartoon years later, but that's only because of part two, really. Yeah. Um, you know, Batman was the first one for us that that felt like it, it was our movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I, I can't even think like around that, like 90 you had Dick Tracy felt like it was supposed to be a big movie, but it was too old yeah. a property. Yeah. Terminator 2 is an adult movie. Like that's not a kid's movie. Um, Roger Rabbit, that, maybe a little bit, even yeah. in 88, but it, what, yeah. it didn't have that like, um, that's a new character, you know, that wasn't right. like Batman has a whole history, a 40, 50 year history. By yeah, that I mean, it was a global, you know, like phenomena, yeah. phenomenon, you know, like everybody was talking Batman. Yeah. yeah. You know, not everybody was talking Roger Rabbit. Right. I mean, they may have after it released, but like everybody was talking Batman leading up mm -hmm. to the you know up to the release six months before you know and throughout the summer so yeah they yeah I, market I mean i guess they, they never sold goodfellas toys so 90 was tough hey know? they so should have so much to latch on to <laughs> i mean that get the papers get the papers we could have had a toy that <laughs> but that is the thing about this though is like the fact that they like permeate so well it's not just exactly the the quality of the movie right it's that marketing of it like yeah. meaning right. that yeah we need to make sure you see this movie and then also you're going to pick up the ancillary products and all of that so you know if you want to think comic book movies and stuff like that you know there was a ninja turtles movie that's technically that was based on comic books based on a cartoon you know yeah. like and there was um, well, and those toys were a big deal for yeah, sure yeah oh those toys yeah. were awesome i was you know i was a ninja turtle guy like I, yeah. uh, you know i don't care um but the but but there was always hollywood plucking from um from comic books so like you know the jim carrey movie uh the mask right like that's a, com that's a that comic was that book, technically yeah. a comic book right yeah. like you know um uh what else was there there was like judge dread like that yep. you know th these these things in the 90s they were always yeah like flash gordon books. and like all you know i mean oh, yeah exactly yeah, so but they weren't they didn't really circle back to the big names until 2000 and then obviously right. after that yeah so 90s were weird for you know blade like let's do a yeah. Of all the Marvel characters, let's do Blade. Let's do Blade, yeah. <laughs> right. Like this well, yeah, killing vampires. Yeah. Was that was that in direct like correspondence <laughs> with the popularity of like interview with a vampire and things like that at that nope. time? Nope. Later, late, Blade was ninety eight. Okay. Mm. Way, oh, yeah, way later. later. Right before Mystery Med, right after Steel. Hmm. And Steel. Spawn. Right. Uh, there's right after, Michael after Jai White's uh, uh spawn. Spawn. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and yeah, I will spawn say Blade is a fantastic movie, right? Yeah, like it's, it's good. For, for what that is supposed to be, that is a great movie. Like, there's yeah, it's good. It's great action comic book movie. Like, it it hit it out of the park and spawned two sequels. Yeah. And the third one's great. <laughs> and the second one's great. They're fun. <laughs> I'm but, a big fan. But Batman was a, was a win for everybody. I mean, it cemented yeah. so many people as moving up to the A-list. Tim Burton, Michael Keaton... Kim Basinger, Jack became an even bigger star than he already was. Warner Brothers made a ton of money off of it. So, yeah. uh, Pal yeah. Palance got city slickers off of that. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, that's the beginning of the cut. Well, I guess it starts with Young Guns. Let's let's not forget that. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> David's favorite movie. My favorite. <laughs> Doesn't Part Three come out this year? Well, I don't think they've actually said what three is. If oh it's no, a comic Young book three. or a what? I just know it shows. Or... I just know that it shows up on on release calendars for two thousand. They they announced a Young Guns three with the original cast. 
Oh, so boy. it's a question mark. Is it a video game? They're all game? 60 years old. Is, is it a time yeah. travel thing? <laughs> maybe, it, maybe it should be. But yeah. <laughs> Michael J. Fox shows up. Doc yeah. Brown's there. Yeah. <laughs> be awesome. Oh, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Batman was a huge movie, and I- I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it. And, and Joe, <sighs> thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always so much fun having you here. We love your... Uh, your notes. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I, had a gr- I had a great time. I was I had I was so prepared, and I realized that I didn't use most of it. Oh, <laughs> I didn't need all of this stuff. Yeah. We'll do a sequel. Maybe we'll we, do a sequel. I got nothing interesting left to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. So before we kind of sign off for the night, I, I will circle back to our our special announcement of what's happening here. Uh, just just to put it out there there's been a few changes behind the scenes specifically with me and oh um we uh we are gonna unfortunately have to kind of dial back how many episodes we're doing and we may have to take a pause for a little while uh which which is uh sad news but um it it, it's ultimately for good reasons but uh we will do as many episodes as we can we're gonna take a little break and then we'll be back Hopefully we can start, you know, putting out some more episodes uh, as soon as we can get our schedules back uh, in line. But uh, we have had so much fun doing the show and we're going to have one more episode coming up, which is another mega episode. If you thought this was a mega episode, we've got another one coming that's going to have another special guest with us. And it's going to be amazing. But um, I'm glad uh, we we're able to get this one out. This is a big movie. And Joe's again, it was super fun having you, you back with us and for sure, hopefully, hopefully we can pick, pick the podcast back up and we can keep doing it. The plan is not to stop it entirely, but we may have to slow down. So, so there we go. That's, that's the news, but, uh, uh, Joe, tell us about your podcast. You've also got one and, and, uh, I know you've had some amazing episodes that, a couple of us may have participated in recently. Yeah, uh, we've been, me and the wife have a podcast that we started during the pandemic because we needed something to do. And it's sort of a, uh, it's sort of a history pop culture thing. It's, it's called It Happened One Year. And we pick a year and then we do all these different topics from this year. We're still on what we would call season one, but we're kind of wrapping up now. And that season is based on 1994. And uh, yeah, we I, I managed to get uh, get Dave and John to come out and and participate in our one scripted episode, which was really fun and uh, came out I think really well. And uh, yeah, we're we're we keep plugging along just for for something to do. So uh, you know, check it out. It's it's not your show is a very uh, regimented, detail oriented, <laughs> thoughtful show, and ours is a freewheeling <laughs> bunch of nonsense. So I, I you know, it's not exactly the same thing, but. Uh, but you know, we, we have a good time with it. So, um, yeah, check it out. Where, 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 where can everybody find it? Oh, it's available everywhere. Podcasts are available. So I think we're, we're housed on Podbean, but we're on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, the whole, the whole schmear. Nice. So 
when you get to a season two, so you, you said season one is 1984, is season two like uh, 1863? Exactly. You're just, you're just gonna 1863. Pick, We're going to cover know, the Civil War. Exciting the pop culture, times. The pop culture things of the era. Yes, all the famous books written in 1863 and yeah. all of uh, Hitchcock's early films, which <laughs> made, oh, he I'm scrawled just, them on a wall. So. I'm just pitching. I'm just pitching a year. I, don't I know. like the ideas. Uh, yeah. No, we're still we're still working on what exactly we're going to do for the uh, season two, but we're looking at some years. It's gonna it's gonna be something where there was still media. <laughs> we oh, can't okay, go back media. too far. So 2008. What about so like 20th century? 89. Like, you know. Yeah. There's I know. Well, you know, I, I was gonna pick 85, but I've already I've already done Teen Wolf uh, here, and I don't want to cannibalize my uh, you know. There's my always material. there's always more Teen Wolf to talk about. There always there's, there's so much to Teen say. Wolf too. So. Oh baby, we got to do Teen Wolf too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Well, awesome. So guys, check out uh, it happened one year, and as always, uh, thank you to uh, Ek Wimmer for the theme music and our friend Curtis for the poster. And uh, again, just stay tuned. We're going to keep trying to pump out episodes as often as we can do it. It may not be at the regular pace that we've been for the last few years, but uh, we're going to do it as much as as much as possible. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to have one more really great episode coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. So we will see you on the next episode of Reconcinimation. Take care. Bye now. Let's get into the meat of it. <laughs> Let's loop back into the plot now. <laughs> uh, what's the actual movie about? <laughs> what the hell was the deal with Bob anyway? about batman we talked about everything else yeah not much not much yeah <laughs> we didn't talk about the balloons and oh and oh in the novelization Knox uh gets shot and then uh does he live i do he lives yeah, yeah he lives but at the end when uh after the joker falls and batman collapses because he's now been in a plane crash and all this other stuff uh, there's like they 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 go over to the Joker and then they see like a Batman over there and they whip off his cape and it's Knox <laughs> and that's oh, like oh, this God. joke. So uh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, I don't think that was worth sticking in. I don't think that was. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is good. This is I good post credit. This is yep. post credit. This is right all here. going back there. So oh, okay. We'll yeah. throw it back in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>